listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Ah, sicker than your average Papa Twist cabbage off instinct. Niggas don't think shit stink pink gators. My Detroit players, Tim's from my hooligans in Brooklyn. Dead right. If the head right, Biggie dead air night. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tells podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Last day of the week. Yes, it is. A very eventful week where mm-hmm. we only got to talk about one thing game of thrones and rachel dolezal so um but we have had some interesting guests okay mm-hmm. we got uh mel from good and terrible we had reggie from what's the tea of course mm-hmm. we had justin doing a horrible white man voice impersonation that drove everybody crazy for 40 minutes uh the hate mail has been received everyone and then he'll uh, never read uh yeah apparently it did not go over well um but uh we also got to round this up with somebody who we wanted to have on the show last week mm-hmm. um and the cable and internet went out at four o'clock yes it did and it did not come back on until eleven forty-five that night uh so we had to do a special midnight show last week yes we did but and, uh we, oh, go ahead Karen. no but and just to let y'all know i got my money back for the hours that it, we were inconvenienced and we couldn't get jl on here i was like you fucking with our money so i want my money back spoiler <laughs> alert it was jl covan as karen just yes. just alluded to uh new freshly off of a youtube classic i would like to call it mm-hmm. um 12 years of bringer <laughs> which hilarious is so fucking good um so many of our friends are in it yes uh, chris lambert ray sani john minus uh uh mike brown brandon collins uh and there was a few other guys that like i've seen in your other videos but i don't know them by name because they white and then that one <laughs> and then that one brother that was new to me but you know maybe we'll get him on at some point too but it was it was excellent man great job thank you yeah i was i was very uh very very happy with it yeah um chris lambert is a tour de force uh <laughs> in uh 12 years of ringer um like I, I don't know if i've ever seen him you know like he's always talked about his acting in high school and stuff but he finally brought it you know full bear I, and i see that he can be a powerful uh person to be reckoned with um i thought he was i thought he was really good in the uh adam sandler parody as uh, oh as uh tyler perry mm-hmm, i thought he was good in that <laughs> but you know this this i feel like this will be the one yeah, to I get him himself yeah to get him the oscar i i would like to play the audio for people even though i've shared this clip it will be attached to this episode on our page the blackouttips.com and it's on all our social media as of right now but you have to hear some of this because and can i just say yes. one thing mm-hmm. it still it still bothers me a little bit but it was worth it that chris required uh script approval <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, and somebody wrote on my page when I said that jokingly, cause then he read it and thought it was obviously hilarious. Right. And I guess he just want, you know, I get it. Um, you know, um, that's, that's my story in comedy. No matter how much I do, nobody trusts me, which, which maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't because, <laughs> you know, I pride myself on upsetting some people with, with what I do. Uh-huh. But, um, I was just like, what do I have to do to make you trust me, Chris? I feel like, that's a valid thing for anyone working with you to ask for <laughs> just because you burn so many bridges yeah you probably burn more bridges than you know you burned 
Yeah, no, I feel know. like it's coming back. The chickens are coming home to roost a little <laughs> bit for me. But my thing is, in an age, not to get too heavy comedy for no, people. No, go ahead, go ahead. In an age, and I've, I've discussed this on my last two podcast episodes, Righteous Brick podcast on iTunes. Um, it was, uh, it's the fact that comedians now love going after the low-hanging fruit. Like, hey, college blogger, right. why are you coming after comedians? This is what we do. But if you actually go after a respected comedian or like in a real way, not in mm. a like with an agenda. But if you're like, hey, Louis C.K., I don't think he's that funny. Or if you're like people are fucking us over on, ro- you know, the comedy business is fucking over middle comedians because the pay isn't good enough to make a living. So how are you supposed to make, you know, get better at your craft, so to speak, if you can't make a living off of it, even a small living? And things like that people start to go whoa 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 right. i don't want to i'm not sure i want to necessarily co-sign that i'll just send you a private message saying that your video was good or that your blog post was very good but mm. not you know so it's this whole idea of like a lot of talking a lot of tough talk and first amendment warriors when it's an easy target mm-hmm. but not necessarily when it's other stuff and oh yeah, yeah well, i was just going to say about chris was that um, when I said that he needed script approval, I thought it was funny that somebody wrote, you know, hashtag black actor sometime acting like hashtag black wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Chris is a bit of a diva, you know. Uh, but, um, but it was all worth it. And, exactly. Uh, you know, I just had to sacrifice a, a small piece of my integrity for great art. <laughs> he's like, he's uh, like Des Bryant, you know. Maybe he'll hold <laughs> out, maybe he won't, but you definitely want him on that roster. Um and I was going to say, like, I'm sure you get a lot of, uh, like, because when this came out, I, I remember sharing it. And um, uh, th- that afternoon, I was like, oh, I'm really going to hit it hard because then he's going to be on the show and, you know, do like a big social media push. And then, of course, uh, that's when our power went out. But right. I mean, our, right, as I, right, I was like, this is JL's luck, actually, not mine. Oh yeah, that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all me. Yeah. So, 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 um, but I do remember thinking like it should have way more views and shares at this point, just because in the comedy world everybody should be sharing that because I don't I listen to so many comedians on podcasts and they're constantly talking about like yeah this was bullshit right that sh- that show was bullshit and right bringer shows are bullshit some of the open mics are bullshit so it's like okay you have a person who's kind of talking a little bit in the ballpark uh inside inside you know inside shop talk a little bit of shop talk with the video but if i'm a comedian i definitely want to share it amongst my comedian friends like hey look at this shit isn't this true and you don't get that at all man i was just like really that's that's it i mean and this is the thing not to sound like lebron james after game five mm-hmm. um and going i'm not worried because i'm i'm one of the best i'm one of the best voices in comedy so what am i what do i have to be concerned about but i know for a fact that my comedy my stand-up is 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 very very good mm-hmm. uh i know that my writing is very good and i know that my sketch and my impressions so i've got i know i have a full complement of skills the one thing i don't necessarily have is which i always thought I think comedy has made me a little bit more abrasive, but not in personal exchanges. Like when people meet me, they still find me to be a decent and, 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 you know, relatively friendly human being. It's just when it comes to comedy, my perspective is what I thought was more of the, um, one of the things that enticed me to comedy, which was, Hey, I don't have to pull punches. I don't have to sugarcoat things. And if it's funny, so what if I go after Louis C.K.? So what if I go after a club manager? Not by name, but just right. in, the, in the spirit of it. Who gives a shit if it's funny? 
Right. And I think there's, I think sometimes there's a little bit of resentment in terms of who does this guy think he is to do that? He's a nobody. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, I think with a lot of people who know they're kissing too much ass, they're pretending to be tough guys and brave, uh, you know, thinkers. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing to have a guy who is willing to risk his low standing and potential future earnings to make statements and to make good comedy, which is what it should be. Right. And I think I, I just it's weird that I feel like I've become some sort of outlier, which in a way is good because people way above me know who I am and know some of my work. Mm-hmm. But I thought that's what comedy I thought that, that's what stand up's supposed to be. That's the best people pull no punches. The well, best there's, people there's always like that social hierarchy and then there's people that you can do that with, right? Like even if you were completely nobody, like if you said I just started doing stand up yesterday you could be like Adam Sandler sucks, fuck that guy, or right. Dane Cook isn't even funny, or so like certain people you can do that with because it's kind of been decided like, oh yeah, um, Carlos Messi is a piece of shit. So if you just want right. to shit on him, and no one's gonna stop you. But then there's other people like you said, if you were to say Louis C.K. or um, you know some of the people like I'm not saying they're not funny, but like if someone talked shit about something Amy Schumer did at this point. Like that's a big no no right now. She's because she's right. killing it in every blog I've read. It's like she's the greatest person of all time. Um, and so, see, my thing that's a that's a good example because with Amy Schumer, she's somebody that I know personally. Right. I don't have a like strong like a friendship with her, but we worked. You know, we came up at the same time doing the same br- ha bringer shows, uh, and one of us uh, caught on just a little bit more than the other. Uh, which which one <laughs> would you say it was? Well, I don't mean to brag, but I have been on TV twice. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, so I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to let you know which one of us uh, blew up. Third, third TV appearance. Whenever Byron Allen decides to throw my fucking episode <laughs> of <laughs> comics, comics being boring up on uh, up on TV. Aww. But <laughs> but uh, I, I wish I, I I just like the fact that the only significant thing Byron Allen's done this year is yell about Obama. That's right. when you know. That's I, when you know you're killing it in comedy. I also count, I also counted that as part as your luck, not his. Because you were like, you did the episode, you're like, yeah, did the Byron Allen thing. I was like, oh, cool, can't wait when that comes out. And then the next thing I read was like, Byron Allen says Obama is a coon or some stupid shit. And I was right. like, oh, great, great. And yeah, so like with Schumer, I like her show. Yeah. So, and I think it's good. But what do, what do I kind of hesitate with? It's the... And I saw this at the beginning of the of the season. I think every one of her episodes this year, except maybe the last one, has had one sketch that I've really, really liked. Not just thought was okay. Like, mm-hmm. and that's pretty good. Like over the course of a season, if you have like five or six or eight memorable sketches, that's that's a great ratio. Yeah. As long as the other ones don't like flat out suck, that's actually really good. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing to kind of go. She's pop-. and I'm not about just picking somebody popular to go. Right. I'm gonna pull myself up, but because that wouldn't be honest. That mm-hmm. would be just me being like, I'm gonna piggyback off somebody. And um, but with Schumer, the only thing I was sort of hesitant about was when people now that now it's the chorus is growing about how she's the new Louis C.K. Yeah. She's the new important voice, mm-hmm. and I was afraid watching some of this season. That some of the sketch work seemed to be very message driven. Oh yeah, for sure. For Do you know sure. what I mean? Like now it's coalescing around like one message of like, but but she's very but it's still very good, and I like the fact that she takes shots at women while trying to make this show 
that is pointing out things. It's not one-sided. So there's really nothing – there's no there's no issue with, like, her being big right now because, frankly, I laugh at her more than I laugh at Louis C.K. Well, you know what it is? <laughs> I feel like um, that stuff is just part of the PR machine, and it, it might as well be advertising at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't – and right. it's not, like, any person's fault. It's just what you do at this point. Uh, sure. But, like, every day you wake up and there's always, like, Gawker, BuzzFeed, and somebody else that's, like – a raw story like john stewart lays the smackdown on you know rachel delazal or you know watch uh watch john oliver take fifa to task and and you're like well technically this is just an ad really this is what we're doing fifa (laughs) this is what we're doing fuck you fifa (laughs) fuck you that's not even switzerland that's how little you know about geography this is switzerland (laughs) fuck you maps fuck you i always could feel you doing the motions when you do the when i heard this when i heard the impression on the show right. but was seeing it on camera now i know that for a fact you do the whole john oliver motion. oh yeah i get it my impressions i look like a crazy person when i'm sitting here alone doing my podcast <laughs> just wait till i start doing the old man from the strain when that comes back oh yeah that's coming back soon man yes it yeah, is. one month um but yeah man i i did uh you know i do i always dig the inside comedy talk and uh on the show and um and then also you know the honesty uh talking about the career and all that stuff because um, that's that's dope but but yeah um that like yeah and people call me sort of somebody in chat mm-hmm. joke that i'm the eeyore of comedy um but yeah i get a lot of that too except there's a lot of people out there who appreciate like the thing is, if somebody were to look at my comedy resume and they realize all the clubs I've worked, uh, that I have a pretty good YouTube channel, that I'm, I'm, I have an, you know, an open invite with the Adam Carolla show and the black guy who tips, mm-hmm. you know, two of the bigger podcasts out there. And also I've been on TV three times. Right. So if you look at that as a resume, it doesn't mean I'm successful, but it means I do have, I have the, the marks of legitimacy in right. this business. I'm not like a star or even successful at this point, but I have sort of stamps of approval that, that give me like legitimacy. And when I talk about how shitty my comedy career is, it's not to be like, it's just because everybody is always out there. Everybody's their own flavor flave. And I do that to a certain <laughs> extent too. Like right. when I do good work, I want people to watch it and I know it's good, but there is a very like, Hey man, I'm killing it. I killed it at this show. Hey, you were great. No, you were better. You were, it's like a real circle jerk. And I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be, I didn't realize we were all, you know, Los Angeles actors. I thought we were comedians where like honesty was kind of one of the, one of the hallmarks of doing this. Not that we were just looking to get cast in the next horse shit show. Well, I feel like, um, (laughs) you know, like a lot of, there's a lot of community now. Uh, in comedy and at any time you have um anything right is there's a social hierarchy to it and mm-hmm. then there's like there's there's a certain level that is uh like they say social media like social there's a part of it was like i know this person so i'm not gonna say anything bad about this person or i know this person so maybe i didn't like something they did but i'm gonna just say it's cool um or hey i took a picture with this guy who performed at this place isn't that cool like there, like once you throw the social part into it everything gets biased right you're not gonna you know it if your comedy is um if you think someone's comedy is fucked up like 
i'll put it this way i haven't seen anybody that thought seinfeld was wrong that was a comedian yet um i think someone said ty glass might have written something or said something but i couldn't find it on the internet when i looked for it but i haven't like you know but for the most part everyone's gonna just be like yeah yeah seinfeld's right he's super duper famous he has comedians in cars now he's you know had the show he's you know been on curb like why would you possibly want to come out and be like fuck that dude like but it's it's hard to imagine such opinionated people in such a large community there's not a, a collection of people that are like man fuck that motherfucker the colleges are right you know right so, so it's just you know when you see certain shit like that you're like yeah well i guess you don't want to go against the grain or whatever anyway let me play some of this clip because that's where we started uh and this has some i feel like the acting will come through the voices anyway for some of this (laughs) especially mike brown and And don't uh, sleep on that music i chose yeah Uh, oh you chose that yeah from like this database because of somebody that does advertising through my youtube page they i have access to like this free day so i just scrolled for like an hour looking for just the right poignant uh heartbreaking music so yeah the this, uh the cinematography and the music um really helped make this get man mm-hmm. like the the scene where ray has her phone taken from her like her baby when she's <laughs> separated from it and the camera angle and how like it's out of focus but it's kind of in focus that was so cool but all right and then i have to yeah. give credit to uh dana glidden who does all my my video work and like he's he's He's, as we joke, he's the Wozniak to my Steve Jobs. <laughs> uh, and he actually scaled back the phone rape scene. Because oh. we had it much more graphic. Like I had her hand going around the wall and then just holding on the blank wall. And oh. screens and I, but the point, obviously, when people see it, and I was nervous about that. Right. But what, what, what the key to that scene was that she's consenting to the sex right like that was the i needed to make that clear where it was like no no this is how comedy works chicks will try to advance through sex sometimes i'm not saying every not even a majority but there are cases where every like widely known of women who have advanced through that and there's no shortage of comedy people who will take advantage of that but i just wanted to be that the phone was like the thing that she was upset about yeah it reminds me of the scene in uh 12 years and that's the other thing too like 12 years a slave is not mandatory viewing to understand this joke Mm -mm. but it don't hurt like i i I watched 12 years a slave so i was just like oh yeah that's uh that like that part right there reminds me when they split the family up and she was uh you know um anyway let me let me play and, and yeah and uh you know the paul giamatti character and all that stuff all right here we go could be a comedian listen man we got some connections at a local comedy club i think we have some great opportunities we can offer you sounds great all right please follow us of course what's your name solomon right there that's where it goes down now who are these two white dudes in real life uh that's matt Morano is the shorter one and the one in glasses is jonathan randall and they've been in uh as you probably recognize they've been in several of my sketches and they're guys that I, whether it's a small part or a big part, I, I, they always sort of 
get into it and it's I'm very uh very happy that they are in my uh my troop so to speak or willing willing to still associate with me. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Just wait a minute now! What's going on here? Pause it, sorry, can you pause it real quick? Yes. This is like the director's commentary. <laughs> this is this is written, but this is all Chris, because he went above what I expected from this. Like at one point he like he was like even I was like, "Damn, that you you might be going too much in." But obviously, there is no there is no too much. Yeah, so this was this was great. Yeah, I feel like uh, Chiotel uh, Edgy of Four is watching this. Like, whoa, break it down a couple of notches, buddy. Your dreams come true. What? <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Come on. We didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this, man. Hold on. Wait. Wait. <laughs> What's going on here? By the way, that's some good shaky cam work, by the way, um, too. Like like I said, the cinematography is excellent. Yes, it is. So then this part says, from the direct, from Steve McQueen, director of 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> the show, faces. It shows all of the other black people that are bringers at the, <laughs> the bringer show. I will tell you what is going on. I feel like every single one of them picked a different type of slave. Right. Like, I don't know if you wrote it where they had to be a different type of slave or what, but nobody was the same type of slave. Only Mike, and and by the way, bringers, not slaves. Oh, yeah, I meant bringers. Um, (laughs) And and it's just a coincidence that they're all black. (laughs) Just, I wasn't trying to hammer home the point (laughs) by making everybody black. Um, and I'm playing, by the way, big stretch. This, this is very sensitive given the Rachel Dolezal nonsense. I'm playing a white club manager, mm-hmm. FYI. Uh, yes, with a handkerchief that has your initials. I saw thank that. Thank you for noticing that. And mm-hmm. I asked that he get at least one shot with the initials. I, I've seen that. A lot of dabbing, a lot of dabbing. I almost wanted to get my assistant to hand me a glass of lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, yes. we were just, moving quickly um but yeah the uh mike brown was the only guy he was carl he was the only one with like a definitive actually and brandon collins a little bit too they they're they're clearly on manager's side yeah (laughs) oh yeah they were house uh bringers (laughs) (laughs) i will tell you what is going on solomon and it becomes a powerful new film about comedy's original sin and sin is in red. <laughs> you are now a bringer. You see, all you need to do is bring 10 little old people to my club and you get on stage. I'm not a bringer. I'm a comedian. All right, what's the ballhead dude's name? He's been uh, in every now, sketch. This guy, th- that's Ron Barba and he's like, He's like almost, I, I think he's kind of a serious actor. Mm. And he, I love having him in my, cause he'll, he even does this role well and he has zero lines. Yeah. Like sometimes he has a lot of lines. Yeah. But in this one he has zero lines and he still, he, he, you know, he just likes being part of any acting project. So he, he sells his non-speaking role yes, very well. Yes, he does. Yeah, he punched Chris in the stomach. Yes, he did. That's hilarious. Oh! I thought this would be easy, but I guess not. Uh, Stephen, what are you? A bringer. That's right. Carl, what are you? 
Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. <laughs> I gave Mike Brown his choice of bringer when he read the script, and he said, oh, I want Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man, he just stole the show, man. Oh, that was so, it's so good. All his lines are so good. That's right. That's a good bringer. It zoomed in on your creepy face. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) That's a good bringer. That's so good. Oh, man. Carl, what are you? See, you ain't a comic or a comedian or any other fancy term you got. You're just a bringer. That's all you are. You bring people, you get on my stage. If you don't, then you don't. But you will learn. I don't want to I told Chris, you gotta give the you gotta give the defiant stare up like you won't be broken. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, the other thing too, cause I guess we forgot to explain it at the beginning, but bringer shows are basically comedians can't get on stage unless they bring a certain amount of people to the audience. So they, the, the audience people will buy drinks and shit like that. But really you're just kind of, it's almost like a pyramid scheme where you're using your friends so that yes. you can get a couple minutes on stage and the clubs are, you know, it's kind of like the clubs are playing you financially uh well yeah and i and i sort of i wrote about this a little while ago this is another and josh homer who i think is a friend of the show had mm-hmm. said uh maybe they don't want you at the club maybe they, maybe they don't they don't book you because you destroyed their bringer system in a blog <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but it was one of those things it's something that preys especially on new comics because right. no one has more enthusiastic support than a new comic. Even mm-hmm. if you suck, your friends are dying to see you on stage. I could get, I once did two bringers with 15 and 16 people in the same week. Wow. That's how everybody, cause everybody knew me as funny in my circle. So they were the ones. And then the people from the club say, Hey, that was great. We'd love to have you back. Now in your mind, you're thinking, Ooh, I know I had a good set because my friends are there. So right. it's like, stacked in my favor right and they, the club the person from the club said we'd love to have you back so like clearly i made an impression right and you start to get and then you're like all right guys next month i'm doing one i'm making a new tape and this is like this is a big show you got to come out after a couple of years of that as you get better at comedy and start maybe branching out and doing other stuff your friends start to go ah, i can't make it or hey i'm i'm married and i have a kid now or right. i've seen you perform 19 times right. I'm i'm good and then you hit – and then you just – you're in the long period of like got to get on bar shows, got to find another way to advance mm-hmm. because you've now – now you don't have as much support from your friends because they've kind of tapped out. Right. And it's and, not like every time you have people come out to the show, you're going to have a whole new set every time. So, Although so- the one thing mm-hmm. – the one thing that I – for whatever reason I prided myself on is that I wouldn't do it – I would. I started to do you know one every couple of months, and right. I would make sure to have at least five new minutes of a ten minute set. Right. Now that's helped me become kind of a prolific writer. That ex- that's like the the bringer version of Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Every two months, I throw <laughs> out five minutes. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, that's not necessarily helpful now because you know. And I can give Amy Schumer as as an example. Um, I was trying to do like, I'm a very prolific writer and I was trying to do like, Hey, I know I have friends coming. They're going to hear like three or four minutes of like the stuff that's, that's working. And then I've got this new three minute bit that I really want to do. And I want to see if that'll work. And I've worked on it at, you know, some open mics and some bars. 
but Amy Schumer, who I must have done eight or nine bringers with at least over the first few years of our respective careers, same set every time. Mm. Now, in my head, I'm going, well, that's not that impressive. Not that I was ever judging. I was just like, that's the same set every time. Don't her friends get bored? Or like, isn't she bored? Doesn't she want to like work on a new bit? Mm. Well, um, you know, you tell Mm. me who made the right choice. Do you perfect? And this is something I say to young comics. I'm like, you have two choices. You can write a lot if you're serious about it and you can do good work. And I think that's what I did relative for the point in my career. Or you can perfect and nail a 10-minute set right. so that every time someone sees you, they're seeing the best you can put out. Now, you might bore your friends. You might bore a club owner. But when that manager, when that agent, when that club booker sees that set, they don't know that it's the first time – it's the 900th time you're doing that 10 minutes and that you only have 15 total minutes. Mm. They're just seeing you kill it. So it's a frustrating thing and that's not the way I chose to do it. Mm. But, I mean, obviously, if, if you're – if career strategy that might be the uh the smarter way to yeah. do it it's like someone's always seeing you know seeing you at 10 so right um all right let me play a little bit more man people to perform it isn't right you hush up come in here thinking you're a comic like you're better than us you ain't nothing but a bringer you're lucky the guy in the street coming in here to see you bring ass what <laughs> ah that's the best now that I, – not that I keep wanting to put – I keep wanting to drop my directorial skills, but mm-hmm. he's got that, that rough look. Mm-hmm. Yafet, young Yafet Kodo. Yeah. John and definitely has I told him. I told him one point. I said, no, no, no. I need you to be like, hey, man. <laughs> you think you better than us? Like you need to be that scary bringer that's mm. just like the new guy is just like this guy's – so grizzled and angry like i'd rather fuck with the the manager than than this guy <laughs> yeah like he's already been bringing people for 10 years <laughs> industry oh, oh, oh. no 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 you see him no, that's what chris basically says that the industry is not coming yeah uh, bringer shows always make promises of industry and for every promise of industry there's 58 shows where nobody shows up <laughs> comics <laughs> okay. Or the industry what? is just a dude who works at the club that you're performing at. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Industry. Oh. 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 No, no, no. You say manager is a liar and I bring an industry to our bringer shows? Pretty compass. TV showcase. Yeah, I know how this goes. Do you want to go to your place? Do you want to do it in your office? You- I like that Chris tries to get up. You're trying to save him? To, to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, Mike holds him back. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, man. Oh, it's so good. How this goes. Do you want to go to your place? Do you want to do it in your office? You don't need this. <gasps> no, 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 no. No, <laughs> he, made, he made her leave her phone. <laughs> she was like, no. And that was Ray Sonny. Okay, bringers. Tonight is the big night. Now I assume everybody's got their people. We don't even get discounts for food. Manager, he doesn't know. He's still new. He just doesn't know. <laughs> that was serious. I give you free water, free soda. You want to ask me about food? You have four people here. Ten person requirement. 
You're not even halfway there and you're asking me about food? No, tonight you learn. Tonight you learn. <laughs> 20 Lopez's! So they, they, <laughs> they threw Chris up against the wall. And it looks like they're about to like beat him or something with some whips. But instead, they opened up a laptop to George Lopez. Um, <laughs> what he's scared? Comedy, comedy uh, uh, this comedy advice. Oh, that. But the George Lopez is from JL's comedy. Uh, uh, when he did Louis C.K. Comedy Academy. Right. Oh my god. And everybody hang their heads. <laughs> I love the whip effect between right, and that music. Between the advice. Oh I'm t- I'm, I've, this is the proudest I've ever been. Uh, Biggie was probably the other video, just in terms of cinematic quality, that I was like most proud of. But this one, obviously, I just—it was the perfect mix of music, and I got the sound effects, and then Dana just—he lined it, he heard it, and like lined it up perfectly. Yeah, man, this is—it's seamless. My name's Amber. <laughs> I am not a bringer. I'm a comedian. Okay, I just asked where the bathroom was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah the music really brings it home too man oh this and, is this and is a now you see why like a video like this to me you know and it got shared like 60 something times 70 something times on facebook it got retweeted probably 100 times but it is one of those things where i'm like what would people be afraid of it might it's either just hating like not wanting to share what i do or it's like some sort of irrational fear because this is Everybody acknowledges that bringer shows suck and are like, they kill young comics. Mm-hmm. So like, I was kind of confused. I'm like, I don't know what, what comedian wouldn't find it hysterical, but whatever. Yeah, man. I, like I said, uh, when I saw it, I was just like, I hope people share that because it's good. But then, you know, people like, it, like I do it, feel like, JL. Com- <laughs> right. And I do, I do feel like comedians are a lot more scared than they proclaim to be, you know, just. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like whenever I see, um, people like talking so much shit about the PC police or the social justice warriors or something, I'm like, that's your, that's your thing. Like that, that's the big problem in the world. That's where you're going to be like dedicating so much of your anger towards is that someone wrote a blog on Jezebel. That's the thing that fuck it of all the injustices in the in the in the world you you know you're and and it's kind of like self-referential because they're very navel gazing yeah it's like very my own world what's going on with me and it's so it's so lame yeah it's, it's it's like they feed each other you know jazabelle talks about you people go click on that and then you talk about them and then people go click on that it's like it's it's the same shit so you know i but you know that's supposed to be brave see the last time see and not i i I don't i hate doing this because i always sound but the thing is people the reason my podcast is called the righteous prick anyway is because people kept calling me a hater Mm. so i was like all right well that's everybody's perception so i'll at least try to embrace it and turn it into something comedic 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember TJ Miller a couple of years ago, you know, from Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. uh, actor, comedian. He had, uh, gone on like a Twitter rant that got picked up by a lot of people where he criticized Dane Cook, who was trying out new material at the Laugh Factory, a club he basically like helped make huge. I mean, it was always a big club, but like that was his home club during like his like eight year peak. So obviously he brought a lot of money and a lot of notoriety to that club. And so he's trying new stuff, you know, vol- like, and it was more vulgar. It was more aggressive. And one of the lines was pardon, pardon any ladies listening, but it was something about, you know, fucking a woman with a chainsaw. I don't, I mean, at, taken right. out of context, it doesn't right. sound very funny, but this is Dane <clears throat> Cook basically at his level. This is an open mic for him. He's right. going to his yeah. home club to do like 30 minutes you know, just this isn't Madison Square Garden. The man's played Madison Square Garden. This is his open mic. Right. Just like I wouldn't want somebody recording me at a bar at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon when I'm right. doing five new minutes. But T.J. Miller has a following. He's kind of semi-famous. Mm-hmm. So when he went in, I could understand if it was like some blogger or some woman writing something going, I was offended. And you go, whatever, fine, but whatever. But when a comedian is sort of going in on a comedian – um, not saying like it wasn't necessarily his critique. It was that he was saying he shouldn't say it at all. Mm. And I, I wrote a blog kind of taking shots, at T- a couple of comedic shots. I said he looks like Gary Busey's illegitimate son and his movies <laughs> suck. Oh. But, but, mo- but that's because he's just a famous person. So right, I was making, right. you know, the equivalent of like Kathy Griffin jokes. Mm-hmm. But, but the gist of it was when a comic of his stature with a strong fan base legitimizes that, that, censoring it's way different than when some mom or some you know woman just says or or man says i didn't like that he should stop because that's just an audience member it doesn't have any extra weight within comedy so that was my gist was like i think it's fucked up that he would do that because a comic should know that like anything goes in a comedy club except for like kramer and that's what i said except for kramer where it's just like and I still think Kramer should be forgiven. I don't think he's a ter- probably right. a terrible person. But when you just get on stage and go, fuck you, nigger. Right. You ruined my set. I'll hang it from a tree. Nigger. Like Then it's like, uh, this isn't an, even an attempt at comedy or yeah. even edgy comedy. Right. Yeah. That's, set up. That's, that doesn't get the protection, so to speak. Right. But Dane Cook, I thought, was well within, like, you're a comedian. You should know that he's allowed to do that. Right. Well, Especially even, at even... his home club <clears throat> trying stuff out. And then T.J. Miller actually wrote back to me. So the blog got to him, and he wrote this real long comment back, which was relatively restrained. Mm-hmm. And then I commented back to him. But to me, I know that sounds like I'm tooting my own fucking horn, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not out here, like, picking on every Jezebel blog. Right. Yeah, well, and- even with um, but even with that Kramer thing, it wasn't like comedians had to take him to task. Like, he fucked up so bad, everybody was like, you fucked yeah. up, you know? Um, and then the other thing I would say too is, um, like, uh, a lot, a lot of the stuff that, you know, people are bitching about because people are talking, you know, about them or, you know, comedy in general or whatever, like if no one really talked about it, it would go away. Like, like if a, if a, if Jezebel is, you know, the, the blog of choice that you hate or whatever, and they don't like certain jokes or some shit they also are going to not like something else in 24 hours. So like why even draw back attention to be like, no, you need to understand like they, that, those blogs can't kill comedy. 
The kind of people that right. want to go to a comedy show or watch something or listen they to something, go. they're going to do it, and they're probably not getting their information from Jezebel no. or mm-hmm. Gawker or right. whoever's opinion piece no. is. Like, none of those people drive people to clubs. Nope. You know, and, and honestly, man, the I feel like those, they kind of, even if you're a darling of those sites, it's just going to come down at some point. You know, like yes. Louis C.K. is going to come down. Uh, Sarah Silverman is going to come down. Like uh, Amy Schumer is going to come down at some point because comedy is about um, being on the edge of thought kind of. So right. every once in a while you're going to say something where people are like or or they just get tired of you and it's what they do. But eventually someone's going to say, hey, Amy Schumer also makes jokes that can be seen as going back against women. And now we don't like her anymore. Or right. Uh, Louis C.K. when he, you know, uh, even before this, uh, Schumer's on a great path though. Not that that's the point of this talk, but if her movie, which it probably will do very well, Mm -hmm. she's on that path where she's probably going to do the show for like two more years. And then she very well might just be like a movie actress who does theaters occasionally. Oh, for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it as in like, no, no, I know. I just, I don't like it could, it could or could not happen. You know what I mean? But like, look at Louis C.K. like, every once in a while he'll put out an episode of his show where uh it's like from the perspective of like i'm a piece of shit towards women and then people are like is louis ck okay with you know fat (laughs) fat shaming or something like that and you're just like yeah that's your fan base now you know whether you whether you covet them or not your fan base is the fan base that calls people out so they're gonna call you out too um all right let's let's talk about some uh, some news and shit uh blackout tips (laughs) iTunes, Stitcher Radio, um, didn't do any of the introduction. Don't forget JL Covan. He's on Twitter at JL Covan and that's, uh, mm-hmm. C-A-U-V-I-N. Is that or right? you can, yeah, on Twitter it's J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N. Uh, but everything you can find links to my YouTube channel, the podcast, all that, JLComedy.com. There you go. So make sure you guys Thank go you. to that and, uh, support the man because he does great work mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people need to be hearing it. And I did give a shout out to your fan base today. I don't know if you listen to this. Yeah, yeah, I listen yet. to. I, I never miss an episode, man. Uh, like, like I said, the most I ever do is if I get too angry, I'll skip it. But that's <laughs> that's like thirty minutes in before I get fed up. Like uh, <laughs> when you talk bad about LeBron, I couldn't take that. Um, but I'll see you back on the side of right now. No, see, and I don't know if you're trolling me. No, I am not. You are back. You are back on the Four side. Years alone with my, the whole comedy world and half of my friends going. LeBron's an arrogant piece of shit, and I have blog proof. Mm-hmm. I have annual blogs. I have two I podcast know. episodes mm-hmm. defending him. All I said this year right. was that I didn't think – what did I say that hurt? That you made you lost your way, man. Okay, You said that you didn't like that his that he was saying his approach towards this team was more of a fatherly. Like he was – and he, and he specifically didn't say fatherly, but he said – he had to be patient with these guys. The last he time he back. had to be this patient was when he had the birth of his first child. And I was like, yes. all right, man, I know they're scrubs, but they're grown men and they're in the NBA. Did you watch the finals? I did. Yeah, Timothy Mozgov. That's the, a grown-ass man. Tristan Thompson with his Arsenio Hall, Keenan Ivory Wands on In Living Color, giant booty. That's a grown <laughs> man. The pa- by the way, the patience of Job to deal with those suckers. <laughs> Um, cause those, by the way, and those two guys still fucked up, but they were the best of that bunch. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there were so Mon- many passes. Uh, 
But at mm-hmm. least Mozgov and Thompson earned themselves money this they playoffs. They like, definitely they're did. solid. And Tristan Thompson is an elite rebounder. He, like he he's might, going to get paid. He might be. Um, Got to be careful in those contract years. Got to be careful with that That's shit. True. Um, uh, J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert just turned into Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> you, can, you can take the Nick out of the team, but you can't take the Nick out of the man, apparently. <laughs> no, you can't. So, Oof. so like, um, when he said that, he said, I had to go back to the lessons I learned uh, when I had my first kid. Everyone took it to the extreme the reporter started asking questions like is he like your father would you say that he didn't say any of that shit he just said he needed that kind of patience and he was fucking right these teams these people are losers they are terrible and he i don't know how he kept this cool the entire time because i would have had a kobe like meltdown about halfway through game three and been like why don't you just shoot the fucking ball then you said you know so much but uh, I just don't like what I don't like. And I know, you know, yes, if you can say I found my way back to yeah. the side of right. Thank God. But, but, uh, no, but my whole thing is I had to walk this line because I was rooting for Golden State, not, but not out of LeBron hate. Like that's right. the difference. Like I picked Golden State, so I wanted them to win because more than my enjoyment of LeBron, me being right is more important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I do like that that Golden State team. That's a fun team. They're they're fun to watch and they're like balanced. Mm-hmm. But of course, I had to find this balance because as soon as it was like, it's the equivalent of saying something that Fox News agrees with, mm-hmm. but you don't like Fox News, and then they want to make you the poster child of that issue. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to be dragged into being like, yes, JL, even JL saying LeBron's a piece of shit, and I'm like, not at all. Yeah, I, not at all. All I know is, uh, cause you know, you can go in. All I know is you went in so hard, I had to stop it. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, like I was getting mad in my car talking to myself. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? See? Those, those, those kids. And the thing is too, like he's getting older, so he's 30. And then mm-hmm. the rest of those motherfuckers are like 22. 20s. And I was like, I know he's sick of this shit. Like, I know he's just like, that's not how we we talked about how we defend the pick and roll. Come on, man. You got to go over the pick. And because he's a nice guy, he used the patience of his own son. Kobe would have just been like, I went back to when I told Smush Parker he was a piece of shit. Right. And he shouldn't out. be on the team anymore. And By the way, Smush Parker, a friend of a friend of mine from law school, came to see me at a bringer show. Oh, wow. Yes. That, talk about bringing it all together. <laughs> that is a completely true story. So I will never, I can never enjoy the insults thrown to Smush Parker because I'm like, the man, the man came to my show and he shook my hand and said that was funny. Well, I don't blame you, man. Um, and of course, um, the official weapon of the show. The taste. And the unofficial sport. It's Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. And this podcast is actually uh, sponsored, uh, even though we got to it a little bit late. Uh, it is sponsored by Bevel. That's right. Father's Day is almost here, guys. It's mm-hmm. getting real close. You need to order it tonight. Um, <clears throat> well, it's brought to you by Bevel, uh, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. Step up your shave game and say goodbye to razor bumps. Go to getbevel.com and use code TBGWT to get 20% off of your first month at getbevel.com. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about news. Um, I guess, uh, we'll just talk about random news because, um, I don't, 
we'll get to we'll get to rachel in a minute okay um <clears throat> jen kirkman man did you hear about this and were you, now i don't know if you were happy about it or sad about it or just well you certainly care. put me on blast you don't have a hesitation on putting me on blast on facebook yeah i, I think i linked <laughs> you to it i was like so now do you like louis ck or do you hate him um but apparently he's been accused uh but without any proof as of yet and jen kirkman's kind of recanted all this stuff and took her episode down which i don't know if makes it more damning or less damning but right. there were some rumors that louis ck may do some pervert shit towards women like pull his dick off start jacking it uh in front of women and uh truth uh which almost like confirms a lot of stuff that you talk about on the show um i didn't see any comedian talk about this Mm-mm. right uh can't stop seeing the seinfeld shit shared you know well, i'm very tempted somebody somebody private messaged me of course right and they suggested and i had the idea depending on how much i want to destroy my own career <laughs> no which this would be a 10 this would be a 10 <laughs> he said are you going to do something with louis ck this new story and i said uh probably not but what if i did to catch a predator comedian edition <laughs> and it's ck and bill cosby and we'll find one other pervert comedian <laughs> but like you get a, a cosby impersonator and you go to his uh, but instead of children it's just like female comics or actresses <laughs> so like this actress shows up to do to work on some writing and you see me as louis ck with like a blurred out dick like sitting there like, oh, who, um, this is just how I write. This is my process. Aww. Like, and I just get somebody to play Chris Hansen. Obviously that would be a viral video. Right. Which would be a little trolling, but from your laughter, it is a funny idea. <laughs> yes, it is. A, it is. It's a great I, idea. See, that's the thing. Amy Schumer already went in on Cosby with her sketch and it was right. brilliant and it was like, watch Amy Schumer go in. Right. Which is fine. Of course, if I went in on Cosby and Louis C.K., for this, people would be like, wow, JL's just trolling for views. It's like, yeah. no, this is funny as fuck. Yeah. Uh, I'm just willing to go at the guy who's actively doing comedy. Right. Not just not just the 80-year-old who everybody's shit on. Yeah, nobody talked about it, man. It mm-hmm. was, you know, but... I heard that story. Somebody told me, like, months after the, Louis, the first Louis C.K. video I did in 2013, mm-hmm. like, over two years ago now. Somebody told me that story, like, or a story that 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 he had did that. Like, I don't remember what comic told me, mm-hmm. but they said that, yeah, a a, a a a female I know went like home with him, and he at like he asked if he could jerk off in front of him, and he just like started jerking off, and it was super weird. Yeah, I've heard it a few places too. I listen to some other podcasts with like comedians and stuff, and people have said it in passing. Um, right so it was and this is before any of this broke before her podcast for any of this this is like last year and uh, i just remember and it was always said like like quickly you know like yeah yeah you're talking about like that thing that people say louis ck did yeah yeah and then it's like all right well anyway next topic and you're like wow that seems like that would be a problem especially considering that his fan base is so fucking you know uh progressively well, uptight at this point so yeah you, well you, my my you know? thing with it and when i heard it because for all my misogyny online, yeah. all I really ever joke about is the WNBA and female comics. Mm-hmm. As far as women in society, very protective. Maybe they don't want that. Right. Maybe that's too paternalistic sounding. But very, you know, 
I don't I, I, sh- I don't really feel the need to validate how I honestly feel and care about women and women's issues. My family, it starts with my mother, and I always hate when I'm kind of labeled in because if, if if I'm labeled to, and I'm not talking about you, mm-hmm. but people love to like just throw out like flippantly like the misogynist label, and I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, like. At some point, this is going to stick to something other than just jokes I make. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I pa- I passed it off like with Louis C.K. I was like, well, whatever. If these chicks want to be around him and he's a, f- a freak, so be it. Like I never got the kind of non-consensual component to it until recently mm. where it was like, yeah, he like sat against the door and like made these chicks watch him jerk off, which is, you know – Sounds like a misdemeanor sexual crime. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that isn't okay. Right. So I was like, I didn't really care about some, I'm not going to attack somebody for their personal proclivities, but obviously it's very different if it's like not with consenting partners. It's funny too, because I saw, like, when I posted this on my wall, there's this guy who's like, a, I guess, a big CK fan. I didn't know, but I mean, I, and I like Louis CK's comedy. Like, uh show was you know attempted to be funny this year so i was i watched all of it and thought it was uh six out of ten maybe you know which is good can i ask you a question only since i'm on the show did you see the second the last episode yes and he definitely killed you he killed me right like that that was was me like (laughs) the hair was too similar right like that was the giveaway because the impression wasn't good but the guy put on a fucking bald cap that looked just Mm -hmm. like what i wore and then the guy died at the end of the episode i know that son of a bitch man that's what i'm saying like how can i not be more successful (laughs) if louis ck the biggest comedian in the world is murdering me on his show and that dude forgave dane cook for stealing his jokes but not jl come in that's amazing um anyway so so uh but yeah it's been funny this year like i would say six to seven out of ten and it feels like a 10 out of 10 because last year was like a two out of 10 so it's like oh my god he's back but really it's just okay um but but the thing was like um this guy was like well no she can't do this this is just a rumor and you don't know what you're talking about and i was like dude the Cosby shit was just a rumor at some point. I'm just saying right. people aren't talking about this. I didn't even say like open and cut shut case. He obviously did it. You know, I was just like, it's interesting that no one really gives a fuck about talking about it. That's that was it. And then um he was so like adamant about it. Where you know that thing where like you're on Facebook and you're like someone disagrees with something, and so typically it's. I say something and you say something and I say something, you know, like that, right? Right. But this shit was like, I would be like, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I, I like his comedy too, but I think, I think some, this sounds kind of fishy. And then he would post like three things in a row. Right. And I was just like, all right, man. Um, I can't even address all three of those things. I'll just say that, um, uh, it's suspicious that she had to take it down so quick and, you know it's and and this is a person she's toured with and a mentor and all this shit and she didn't take it down until people start saying it was probably him and then he's like you know three more things i was like all right dude i i have to not be friends with you this is crazy ah like i don't i don't want to argue about this shit all the time i really just posted it to uh to see what to get like a pulse on it anyway Uh thought that was interesting another comedy thing that um I wanted to get your opinion on what you think about what Seinfeld said about the uh, colleges 
being too pc and he's not gonna work in colleges anymore um and and now i'm at the risk of sort of borrowing other people's ideas that i've seen posted Mm -hmm. i think that my two thoughts are i agree i do think young people and especially kind of college intellectual enlightened so to speak we're at such a we're now at such a a time where it feels like everything goes like you're not even allowed to call somebody who's claiming to be transracial full of shit. You have to like think about it for a second, right. even though even though mentally you should be like, no, that's ridiculous. Now, I'm a little harder edged, I think, with the transgender stuff than than you are. Not that I'm calling it BS, but right. I just feel like I, well, I don't want to get into that because that could be a whole. I'm sure you've discussed it at length. Mm. Um, I just I do think that's odd and weird and not just weird the way me being six foot seven is weird. Mm. Um, just intuitively, but I know there's science and blah, 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 well, and blah, I, blah, 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 makes it, it sound dismissive, but, but, it's, <laughs> but not, but it's, um, I think I can relate to a certain extent because it's kind of like how, as much as I'm like, well, yeah, well, obviously I think, uh, gay marriage should be legal. Um, uh, I, I don't think anyone should be able to tell someone who they can, can or cannot marry. Um, but then it's like when I watch Sense Eight, and then they have like two dudes like grinding on each other real hard. I still have to be like, "All right, let's see. hopefully this passes in a bit." Uh, right, it's it's <laughs> not it's it's right things like that. I've I've said I said, "Are we going to be a society where in thirty years I'm not even allowed to be like, ugh?" Like it's yeah. not like in other words, I'm not saying the law should discriminate. I'm not saying I should treat you differently as a person. But if you're asking me to not have my natural human instinct mm-hmm. to some things, well, then that's too much. Right. And sometimes when I'm like, eh, Caitlyn Jenner, that's weird because all that when people go gender is just a social construct. I'm like, my my dick and your vagina are not social constructs. <laughs> those things, those things are there. Those now, what are would you? But all right. So here's my thing, though. What would you say to someone who, like, you know, 40 years ago was like, when I see a black person and a white person kiss, it's fucking disgusting. Like, what would you say to that person, though? I would say, so you've met my parents, and I agree. They shouldn't be together. (laughs) Thanks for saving them from a horrible marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And then you would just fade away like Marty McFly. I'm no longer here. Yeah. Um, No, it's – and that's – and I know this is convenient, so right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thoughtful enough to admit that maybe it's just because what I'm used to, but I still hold that man and woman. Mm-hmm. I know that's, and I'm not going with the Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve thing, mm-hmm. but it is like it is so basic to me, mm-hmm. just biology, the, just the pairing of of men, men and women. Like if I was four years old and saw two men kiss, I would look at it and go, huh? Yeah. And nobody in my house was spouting anti-gay rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not yet anyway. My dad would get to it eventually. <laughs> but, but not as a little kid. But when I did come home with a Boy George album when I was five for my birthday, there was a big discussion with my parents. I was like, Karma <laughs> Chameleon is good shit. I don't give a fuck what this thing on the cover of the album is. Boy George, he looks weird. But I do like these songs. When I was a when I was a kid, I remember we went to the thrift store one time, and um, we were coming out. Me and my brother were outside, and I I, used, I, I read a lot, so I had like a Garfield book. And um, these two flamboyantly gay dudes were walking down the strip of the mall and holding hands and like you know switching hips and all this stuff. 
and my brother just starts like cackling like so rudely and loudly and he's a little kid you know he can't it's like he couldn't even help himself right um and so i but i had the wherewithal to be like this isn't like you gotta wait till those people are like at least a, a, a out of laughing range to do some sure. shit like that because you can get smacked upside your motherfucking head right get us hurt out here right like you're trying to be funny those are still two grown-ass men right but and that's but I, that I i respect that like but to me that's the difference is that this whole idea of like everything's normal mm-hmm. is not true mm. now if you have to teach your kid hey you don't just like i had to honestly I used – now, this is also, oddly enough, a different time, so to speak. But right. I used the word faggot, like, a lot as, mm. as like, a teenager. And, of course, I didn't mean it as, like, you're – I mean, you do kind of mean it like you're gay, but you don't right. really appreciate what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're just like, yeah, you're gay, you're a fag, you're a homo. And you just kind of say – you know what it means, but you're not actually saying you like men. Right. And I think that's stupid or bad. But then what happened is at college, I went to a uh, liberal arts school in Massachusetts and they would have every week this thing called, uh, you know, queer week. And you'd wake up and like all the gay students would have like chalked up the campus. Like they had, you know, regular events and things like that. But they would chalk up the campus with like some really offensive shit like Jesus sucks cocks and Mary's a slut and Mary likes to eat. And I was like, what is this all about? Mm. Like these are offensive. Like I don't know what agenda this is advancing. And then my first year of law school, and I'm sorry if this is a long story, but mm-hmm. my first year of law school, I'm sitting with two of my best friends from high school. Uh, three of them actually, although one of them is no longer, uh, he's like Voldemort to me. Uh, but we're sitting and my friend said, just called somebody a fag on TV. He just said, oh, look at that fag. And I just looked at him and I said, come on, man. And he was like, what? And I was like, come on. Don't don't say that. Right. And it was not a conscious thing. It was not a somebody told me this is wrong and mm. now I am not going to say this. It just felt wrong. Right. And we had a big discussion and part of it was I thought at the time that one of my closest friends might have been gay and very uncomfortable sharing it. And my older brother had an experience where he lost a friend mm-hmm. who he was very close to who went to college, came out at college and I think just realized – I'd rather I'd rather remove my friends before they can remove me. Like he didn't right. want to risk that some of his old friends wouldn't accept him. He kind of started his new life once right. he came out. And I asked my brother, I said, was that because you guys said fag and homo a lot and you didn't mean it? But like maybe if you're gay and you hear your friends saying that all the time, right. you'll remember that and it will make you very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Even if you think there's a chance like, hey, they probably didn't mean it. But if they did mean it, it will be much worse for me to have to be kicked out of my friendship by my friend than me choosing to leave my friendship. And having sat with a friend who is not gay, but I just thought he might have been, it made me uncomfortable. Like I was thinking of that also. And I was like, come on, man. You don't – you you know, first of all, just don't talk like that. And you never know who's around. You never know who you're making uncomfortable. It made all of my friends at the time – and very uncomfortable. And I even got the question, like, dude, are you gay? And I'm like, why do I have to be gay right, just to right, find this offensive? Right. Now, 13 years later, 14 years later, that wouldn't be that conversation. We wouldn't be having that conversation. They'd right. know not to say it because they're matured as well. And society right. has, has, has grown. 
But my whole point of this is I'm never going to be on board with that transgender shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's my, that's my thing is I feel like we're 10 years away from, from that. From, from it being normal. Yeah. 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 Like I don't even, I, I don't want to. S- I don't want to say normal, but normalized. Like, right, that's, that's where, what I mean, yeah. Where, where, cause, you know, I do understand that, you know, like percentages and numbers mean something. It's kind of like how being black is still abnormal in America cause it's only 13% of the population. Like, one out of every, you know, um, nine people is black, right? Or some shit like that. So it's not like, oh yeah, black, that's, you know, that's the major experience in America. That's what everyone has um but as a black person i do kind of relate to any plight of any minority just because i think about how me too you know it it's a fight to be able to be understood you know and i don't want to add to the negativity of it and it's one of the reasons i think seinfeld while he is correct that com that colleges are the political correctness quote-unquote place Mm -hmm. he's also um correcting his assertion that he doesn't need to do it anymore because right. i feel like not every place is, is good is how many black rooms does seinfeld do you know what i mean right. like right. It, it, it like not every place is yours and you know especially um from a lot of these like mainstream white guy comedians right like i don't i don't care about their shrinking space because that's just what's gotta happen for other voices to be heard it's just like although uh, unfortunately enough still no good latin comics out there i, I don't know what's going on with that somebody's got to st- i might ricky start Bel- to uh, identify ricky- i might start to identify as a latino comic <laughs> you know you can't just do that, it that that like how many more babies do you need to make latino community before <laughs> one of them is funny and crosses over you know ricky velez um got top 10 comedians on some list this this week so that, that must must be true it was on the list it was on the list <laughs> top online 10, top 10 comics named ricky velez <laughs> 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 this this why, this why you ain't shit man <laughs> that was your time to hop on board and be like oh i'd love to do the nightly show but uh, uh, i would and but it, it's but that's my my um <laughs> but the thing with seinfeld is that's that people don't seem to understand the comparison i've made and my brother has made this known to me who's who's a more thoughtful version of me mm. um you know the rooney rule in the nfl is a perfect example because everybody always wants to go Oh, why do they bring in like a token interview? Like that's insulting to everybody. And I'm like, no, but here's the thing. And sometimes it can be insulting. Right. You know how, how the rule is like you have to interview at least one minority candidate before you hire your coach. Mm-hmm. But what it has done is it has forced qualified people into the rotation. Right. And gotten their names out there. So even if it has to – that's what people don't understand about affirmative action and all things like that. There needs to be an initial, just like they say, like the, the energy needed to like start, I think that's static energy or whatever, like to move something first takes more effort than when it's already moving. That yeah. jolt of it. And that's what, that's what these things are. So when people are like, why isn't f-? part of me as a comedian, of course, wants to embrace the, Hey, funny is funny. That should be the, right. the, the, the main goal. Right. But when an industry has embraced a overwhelming majority 
there is that need to sort of open up to new voices a little bit more. Although I do think comedy, although I could be a victim of what other people say mm-hmm. when they say, hey, how can black people still have racism? You've got Oprah and the president and Jay-Z and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. It's like, but those are the exceptional people right. who, who, who had to be so much better and were so much, well, Jay-Z, you know how I feel. Yeah. But, uh, they had to be so exceptional in everything. That's not the standard. That shouldn't be the Come standard. On. Like, if you're the best ever, you can make it in America. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, like, if you're good, you get what a good person gets. If you're great, you get what a great person gets. Not if you're the very best, you get what the average, like I said with George Bush and Bill Maher made this joke as well. Um, we don't have equality until, like, a C student black dude with a rich dad can also be president when herman cain is a serious political candidate we can talk you know what i mean when he's not a lab like a running joke where it's like come on man but what i'm I'm sorry that i was kind of rambling about Mm -hmm. um but i think that people ignore because i'm kind of split on this i see the need for new voices and for new perspectives but at the same time i do want that balanced as a comedian with making sure that the humor shot that 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 you don't sacrifice humor quality yeah but you know what though in all fairness it it really does like i I feel like a lot of black comics who've crossed over there's a lot of like black comics who are in kind of the black circuit and do black rooms like being a comic i don't really feel like black comedians are suffering oh no that's not what i was gonna say but that like that like it just needs to be fair it just needs to be funny um mantra it seems like it's always stacked against black comedians or right. com- or women or gay comedians right. where it's like they it's- have to be where it's, it's it's creating this you need to be twice as funny to make it because even people who would consider themselves just wanting fairness it's almost like they just assume well fairness would be like a a straight older white dude right and if you don't make him laugh honestly no matter you're not gonna make because like you said there are a lot of black comics that do black rooms but if you want to quote unquote get mainstream sometimes depending on what comedy you have it almost has to shift or change right which is you know like i said it's just a weird like they still like even in that they're still catching it like even if Mm -hmm. you get a break it's still kind of like yeah but i mean it's because they wanted a black person no it's like so can they want a black person but that black person be just as funny as the guys who didn't make it or because they wanted a black person that also means they're not funny and that's all that matters so you know meanwhile though i will say though josh homer and i have discussed this a couple times so i'm sure it'll seem like a repeat to you but the the trend in comedy right now seems to be the safe the safe black guy, right? Like the black guy who gives you the diversity checkbox. Yeah, but, but doesn't talk necessarily about going at it the way you know. And and like I said, not every it shouldn't be the obligation of any black comic to have to do racial material or to present a certain perspective. Funny, right. be funny however you want. But it seemed like just the way Zach Galifianakis' success in The Hangover led to like this influx of like alt comics in flannel and beards for a few years. Mm-hmm. It feels like the success of maybe Hannibal Burris, who is excellent, right. led right. to this like, hey, that's what we should be going for next is like black comics who 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 are black. 
Right. But, but, only one but everybody, but, but, but they could be white. Like their right. material could be written. 90% of the material could be delivered by a white guy. Right. Yeah. And definitely. that's now we get the boast of best, best of both words. We feel diverse, but we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. definitely true. Um, I mean, it's part of the audience too. The Like America loves sure. that. And, oh, Amer- yes. and America's always, America's always love that, but Michael Jordan, bigger piece of shit than LeBron James ever was right. Come on as a now. person, but he played it right. He was corporate. He, mm-hmm. he, play, he, he worked the press conference. Right. LeBron James says I'm the best player. Like LeBron James, I'm sure is, very, I don't know how good or bad a person he is, but I'm sure he's very frustrated. Right. And the fact that he only kind of has like an arrogant moment every 13 months. Right. And yet, th- that's all people. Oh my God! See, why can't he be more like Michael? Michael that- was a terrible person. Yes, right. he was. He was a mean, cheap, angry person. Now I love him for that, but right. you know. Well, see, that's why when that's I make me. that's why I have, I have two different top five lists. Like, I have my top five best players of all time, and then I have my top five best players who also were good fathers. And that way, <laughs> you know, that way I can get a lot of people up out of there that I don't like. Um, but, but the thing is also alone is making top five worst fathers. Problems. Right. Yeah. Him and Larry Bird. Yes. Uh, I got a list. Michael Jordan's in John there. Kemp. Oh, but Dwight Howard now. Did you read that about yeah. Dwight Howard? Did I read it? Uh, you don't know this, but we have a sports show we do every Friday. And, um, I that's kind of like our specialty is talking about shit like that. Like sports is kind of boring, but like right. a secret child where you're fighting custody or, allegedly flying 15 year olds out to see you in houston um with pictures servicing on instagram of you ordering them room service and hanging out with them um if you're a 15 year old girl and you're just ready to take on dwight howard you got pro like right where's your family that's a grown that's a grown woman man and even then might be might be a challenge but Mm -hmm. a 15 year old girl that they're her father should already be in jail if he's not. Yeah, and then of course you know Dwight obviously has a problem if that's what he's got to do. Right, know? all these grown ass women. Right, all these grown ass women. Came in as a big, big Christian, mm-hmm. and he's got eight kids. By eight, I mean, yeah. What, what the? So, I mean, so but the, uh, what I was gonna say though is uh, before we got off on that tangent, don't worry about it. Um, straight white men gonna always be all right that's the thing right. like i don't even worry about that in comedy because there'll never be a time where it's like man too bad he was a straight hetero a heterosexual white man oh right. man he almost had a shot but like and you can be garbage and, and, and you'll and you'll still uh you know you've been talking about chris d'elia's special or whatever like uh. that, that dude he's the guy right now you know what i mean like like this is he funnier than every black comedian no doesn't have to be you know like you he's marketable enough because straight white dude straight young white dude will never not be marketable so Although chris delia is an exception i think because his father is so powerful now if you want to go uh as if i wasn't i'm i'm burning bridges i may never even get to right let's just burn <laughs> like, Maybe one day when my when my show is up for for consideration, maybe that's when I'll be like, "Damn it, I shouldn't have said those things about your son." <laughs> uh, but his special on Netflix is a crime against humanity. That's not the name of the special. That's what it is. <laughs> um, it is unbelievably horrible. Hor- oh, and yes, Joe Spacely in the chat mm-hmm. is right. No one laughs at his jokes more than him. Right. That dude. Aww. That's how he gets people to laugh at jokes. Like it's like, <laughs> and then the crowd just laughs at the laugh. Yeah. Well, you. Oh, you know what I was gonna say earlier. 
the one thing america does love more than the non-offensive pc token like hey it's a minority or it's a woman or it's this or this guy's gay or whatever but they're not saying anything that makes me feel bad as a person is the person that does it you know that's the only like it's the one trump card is that the people that go down in infamy uh and and also notoriety in comedy are always those people that are like man people did not necessarily know how to take that shit when they first heard it but you know we caught up to it you know or it was so funny and so edgy at the time that everyone was like did you see that special and it's been years since we've really had a special like that where like just water cooler people were like have you seen so-and-so oh my god you know that's why they're keeping me down Mm-hmm. that's what we're i was saying ready. uh here's uh here's some more news speaking of sports and good fathers uh oh. gabrielle union uh was talking about her ever-growing family um in uh in the magazine. Did Dwayne have another side piece? Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Uh not another break baby as of yet. Although basketball uh-huh. has been over for a while, so oh, who stay knows? tuned, right? You got the whole summer. She did an interview with People magazine and she discussed life at home with Dwayne Wade and his sons, parenting and joining the new Tylenol campaign. Hashtag how we family. How did you swing that? <laughs> you got a good agent, man. Mm-hmm. That woman got a good agent because and they're not even married. Right, right. They're not technically married. You they like, went through a wait, ceremony. Wait. Mm-hmm. Aren't they married now? No, no. they went through a the ceremony. ceremony. They did not did sign, sign the, the paperwork. papers, and it expired. Yes, so they are oh not technically God. married. Yeah. I did not know that because I know Gary Owen, who's a comic, who mm-hmm. um, on his page he he was at the wedding. So he that, I just assumed they just mm-hmm. had the ceremony and. So it's they had before God they're married but not before the state right yeah that's, that's why you listen to Balls D Sports guys yeah. uh John theblackoutist dot com slash premium every Friday we will be shitting on Dwayne Wade yeah the state was like uh you got thirty days you ain't signed this paper is non important yeah he's a smooth motherfucker dude that dude smooth like even when he was doing the, some commentating for the finals I was like I his charisma I was like man that guy's good but uh <laughs> not necessarily a good person uh marrying to a marrying into a family with three boys and becoming a stepmother to three kids has just sort of been an extension of how i was raised uh union 42s tells people the more the merrier everyone counts everyone has a space i was raised in a family that was all about unconditional love no matter what incarnation your family comes in you are enough and that when it comes to the how we family campaign gabrielle said that she was happy to join in on a campaign that centered around family values it's about unconditional love inclusion to be a part of a program that actually celebrates all all different kinds of family i jumped at the chance on her definition of family she says family encompasses so many people (laughs) it does Mm -hmm. just not just the people that have been born into the family but extended family stepkids friends who have possibly been displaced from their families everyone is included everyone counts um she sounds like she's overcompensating like she's trying to talk herself into being very comfortable with all this yeah and there wasn't a single mention of the break baby by the way oh no don't because uh those three sons the third son is wade's nephew but she's not talking about that other real third son with uh that jump off so i feel like you could do a remake of the brady bunch song the d wade bunch (laughs) 
<laughs> the D Wade bunch. <laughs> you gotta have his ex wife in there for Alice instead. <laughs> but yeah, she won't even acknowledge all those kids while promoting family. I thought that was interesting. Aww. All right, let's get into our games. All right, guys. Um, can't remember. Oh, wait, I did have one more thing I thought JL should hear. Have you seen the commercial for State Farm called uh, is The Never Ad? Mm, how's right, it let me see if i can go? play it it's um it's a guy chilling with his friends at the pool saying that he's never gonna get married and then he does get married <laughs> yeah. i am never getting married oh never. guaranteed you picked a beautiful ring thank you <laughs> we're never having kids <laughs> we are never moving to the suburbs we are never getting one of those we're never having another kid i'm pregnant <laughs> i'm never letting go for all the nevers in life so yeah he's chilling with his family and then he says i'm never letting go does which means that, he lets go right? yeah does that mean he, he eventually <laughs> loses his family because that seems like that's what that commercial meant if they didn't follow unless they didn't follow the logic all the way through and you know what and maybe it's my perspective but men ought to be outraged because they act like men are just dumb and women just trick them into getting married and having children and having other children. And men didn't make a choice. You know, the choice mm. was stripped away from you men. Where I, Where is this outrage? We're forcing well, that's, wh- that's why I'm a prominent men's rights advocate. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> JL from the MRA. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, did you guys hear that the Dominican Republic is to be socially cleaned? Yeah, that's um, that's creepy shit. What does that mean? So what's the socially cleaned? Uh, apparently in two days, da- well, now it's hard, it's yesterday. Uh, got a quarter million people will be made stateless. They will have no homes, no passports, and no civil rights. There are several reasons for this, but the primary reason is, you guessed it, racism. Yeah, Domin- it's, it's Dominicans of Haitian descent. Like we're talking about, it would be like if the U.S. took Mexican-Americans who were born here which is what some people probably in Texas and Arizona want to do. Right. But like that are citizens, like born here, have never lived in Haiti, or in this case, it'd be like if you just rounded up 200,000 Mexican-Americans and said, uh, you are no longer American citizens. Wow. Mm-hmm. How can you do that? Well, first of all, they look dark, and that's a problem. Uh, at issue is a, is a ruling by the Constitutional Court in the Dominican Republic to strip away the citizenship of several generations of Dominicans. According to the decision, Dominicans born after 1929 to parents who are not of Dominican ancestry are to have their citizenship revoked. The ruling affects an estimated 250,000 Dominican people of Haitian descent. Where are they supposed to go? Including many of whom have no personal connection with Haiti for several generations. Um... Yeah, I don't know where they're supposed to go. Right, honestly. they don't disappear. They they, don't... they open up seven deportation centers. To where? Uh, I guess they're gonna deport them to Haiti. Uh, they also requested the Hunger Games. What's happening here? And that's that's just what Haiti needs right now is a quarter million people with no homes and jobs. Right, who've never ever been there before. Thirty <laughs> six large passenger buses have been made available for continued use, so they're just gonna bus them there. This is an extremely ominous sign. Everything is set for the deportation that the DR government is saying it is going forth on this Tuesday, June 16th. And I have a question. The amount of money and effort it takes to have a bus running for 24 hours and however many days so you get it there, 
you might as well pay for this and like you you're wasting money to ship them out uh, it's not a waste of money if uh you're never ever ever gonna do anything else for them wow uh what they need mm -hmm. what they need to say and i say this as a half half haitian man mm -hmm. uh they need to find five or ten dominicans of haitian descent with 90 mile per hour fastballs and say we're taking them with us too if you deport us because mm -hmm. dominicans do love their baseball that, that would be smart man uh in february dominican haitian henry claude john uh nickna nicknamed tulao uh and impoverished shoeshine boy was found lynched in a public park in santiago oh. the dr's second largest city his hands and feet were bound the police were quick to blame it on the victim's criminal past <laughs> and rejected racism as a motive Word. you know how criminals often lynch people in the park uh wow. but it's, it, wow. yeah for the dominican authorities to rule out racism as a factor less than 24 hours after a man of haitian descent was hanged in a public square it is not just irresponsible policing it is an outrageous example of discrimination endemic to the dominican republic mcmullen wrote in the huffington post in an email uh and frankly it is all too reminiscent of the shameful denials of southern officials d during the decades of terror lynchings perpetrated against african americans here at home um so yeah man that's some scary shit dog i didn't even think that would be possible like i don't right. even know who came up with the idea of that but like that like that person's evil as fuck to just be like you know what dog uh why don't we just de-citizenize these motherfuckers and what? kick them out I'm like what you what? can't do that what did they do look at their books and was like we got a quota let's just fire all these people but there know. is i mean and i've i've talked to i mean i mean i have i have friends who are dominican and they know how it is in terms of the old kind of ways but that's that's colonialism rearing its head again where it's like, oh, you're, you're African, but I'm Spanish. Mm. You know, and it's like, I'm better than you because, you know, you're, you were African, you know, in the case of Haiti, you were African slaves. Whereas, you know, I speak Spanish because we were, we were part of like Spain and, and, and like a higher class of people. And my dad, the wisdom of my father, he once said to me, um, he said, I mentioned a friend who was Dominican and my dad said to me, <laughs> dominican and i said what <laughs> and he said some of them are darker than me and say they're not black how stupid <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and um no but that's i mean that stuff that's the thing i think somebody wrote colorism but that's i mean that's all that's like one of the legacies of like colonialism and slavery that that is like less prominent here. We had good old flat out racism. Right. But like in South America and Central America, you have people, it's like the lighter you are, like very blatantly, like in Brazil mm -hmm. and, and shit. Like if you're light skinned, that's like, you're better. Look at Sammy Sosa for Christ's sake. That didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, well, it's he was ridiculous the, and looks stupid. Well, he was, but, the, uh, you notice that, um, when Sammy Sosa decided to be a white person, we didn't have any transracial debates. Yeah. yeah i wonder it seems like that shit only works one way mm -hmm. uh we need to we really need to there can't be a trade there cannot be a transracial debate i'm gonna tell you like this i am willing to entertain the transracial thing mm -hmm. 20 years from now after psychologists and scientists and everyone has studied it and come up with it being a thing i'm not willing to do it just because some fucking grifter has uh taken the media by storm right. fuck that 
like that is the wrong way to do it. like people are like let's have this debate i'm like this motherfucker's a con artist right what no debate here you you want to die on that hill like that's the hill you want to die on really dog you know it's like being more- like let's it's, it was it would be like i want to ha- i want to have a conversation about moving the three-point line based on jr smith and you're just like well, fuck you man <laughs> like you like you couldn't even pick steph curry or somebody like jr no fuck you I don't, i'm not i'm not entertaining this Go ahead. and that's one of those things i i kind of was fed up with it and didn't want to get into it but then i read something that randolph posted um which obviously resonated with me which was by a woman who was had a black mother white father but to most people if you don't kind of examine closely people just assume she was white and i kind of this is one of those fucked up things where it's like how many conversations I've had before this where it's like a guy at a bar will say, you know, the, and this is dozens and dozens of times, if not hundreds, I, I've lost right. count after a show. If I do five minutes of con- material on being half black, half a dozen, are you really half black? And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Don't look at, and then like the, sometimes they just persist and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, now this is awkward. So right. I don't know what you think I'm trying to, well now you see a woman who's trying to get off on this and i've had conversations at bars where i'm standing at the bar i'm a tall dude i might be there with a girl i might just be there with friends and then a guy this has happened multiple times like ah you should be playing basketball Ah, Mm -hmm. was it because you're white and i'm like uh well it's not that right because my dad's black but it's just because i was an okay college or have you ever college player has anybody ever hit you with the i'm blacker than you and they're some white dude Oh, uh, when I get the hand by hand, like they just came back from a trip to Mexico and they're like, but I'm darker than you. I go, oh, well, I guess, okay, then I guess I'm not. Yeah, I guess, uh, all right, I guess you'll be shot in the street tonight. No? Oh, still not worried about it. Um, but yeah, so, so, um, you know, I'm also disgusted with some of the trans con- uh, controversy. Um, and my thing is, I'm, I'm sorry, to, but the, the only no, the last point I'll make before I forget, it was one of those things where I don't tell people I'm black and I don't tell people I'm white. Mm-hmm. I say I'm mixed. Right. And I think unlike Barack Obama, I think sometimes people don't realize it's not really a choice I made because I want to identify as what I am, but I know right. what I look like. Right. Whereas Barack Obama on the flip side never had a, a choice. Like right. society was going to look at him like a black man. Right. Dude, that is what he right. might have wanted to identify that way, but he was never going to get to say I'm biracial. People are like, "Oh, I thought you were just black." Also, and people would just be could, like, "You're black." Could you even imagine the controversy if he said some shit about i identify as white right you, like and not just from black people from white people too white people treat well, him like bad black people anyway. would get angry and i think white people would laugh at him right exactly that and that You're is not us <laughs> and like that's one of the reasons i felt like uh because she did a bunch of um she did a round of interviews uh matter of fact i'll just actually save this article for later because i was going to talk about the other trans i'm disgusted by trans fats being out loud but uh we'll talk about that later i'm obviously firmly against that but um, when you posted that i almost wanted to make a i keep having these sketch ideas this is why i needed to to write for a show that can make sketches every day yeah um but having like an interview like a one-on-one interview with matt lauer and trans fat (laughs) (laughs) just somebody in a big like bubble costume and that's trans fat (laughs) they're trying to outlaw see that would be funny right yeah yes yeah. Yeah, i just need to write these and start i need to just get on some kind of program where i can like write two of these a day key and pill man you no know, oh, just boy. start submitting <laughs> hey, they probably didn't hear the podcast yet just just submit anyway 
That's true. <laughs> um, uh, so I really have burned a lot of bridges. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Ah. It's, it's like my favorite thing about you, but then I feel like I'm just aiding it. Uh, I feel like I'm part of the problem. You're Dr. You're Jack Kevorkian, just giving me a lethal <laughs> dose yeah, in my arm. I'm like enabling you, but I, but I really do appreciate the honesty, man. Like it's Thank just you. not too many people gonna do that. Um, so yeah, she did some interviews last night, and it was infuriating uh, to a lot of black people, myself included, because um, the interviews were all softball interviews for the most part, mm-hmm. which right. is like what the fucking like people are talking about the fact. Cause I still, I'm still stuck on like, and I don't even understand how we even get off of this topic, but if you allegedly pull nine to 10 hate crimes on yourself as leader of the NAACP in a, in an area, you cannot make an argument that you helped anybody. Like, cause, th- cause they had to close those investigations cause they, they were like, these seem to be from you. <laughs> and we're clearly not going to ever find another suspect because the way that they were done only someone with your access to these places such as a, a mailbox where you have the only key and the post office are the only people with access to it or uh and there's no dna and the the letters never were mailed so they don't they don't even have postage on them right so <laughs> so, so 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 you know shit like that or, or th- there's a noose in her house or there was a thirty thousand dollar robbery that they've never found any evidence or suspects for just thirty thousand dollars worth of shit's missing right so um the shit like that makes you just be like how are we getting past that into well let's just discuss if transracial can be a thing i, I refuse fuck that yep i'm i'm sorry until me as dark as my black ass is can say i am a white woman and not be called a nigger and i get all the white privilege i get adopted into the culture Uh, my credit rate goes up um (laughs) i'm not denied for loans i don't have to use affirmative action until i can do that i don't want to talk about it i'm sorry ain't no if answer but yeah transracial only flows one way right and we were only going to talk about it if a white person wanted it like it would never have been like like jl said we would laugh at anyone who attempted this shit like if like if fucking um like you know how baron davis came on tv with that jerry curl well let's say he went and got like ah. instead of a jerry curl what if he had went and got like just a bob like a perm to like uh-huh. make his hair straight and then was just like yeah i identify as white now it would have been 24 7 hour laugh fest mm-hmm. no serious yeah. interviews no no matt lauer doesn't need to sit down with him and at, they'd just be like what the fuck are you doing show a picture of him and then hold on that other lady would laugh about it and drink wine right it only flows one way and that's my whole problem Here, so here's a clip talk. from her nbc nightly news interview last Do night you understand why many people would think given your parents and your heritage that is at best a misleading answer um i i can understand that but again up to this point i know who raised me i haven't had a dna test there's been no biological proof that Larry and Ruthann are my biological parents. There's a birth certificate that has your name on it and their names on it. I'm not necessarily saying that, that I can prove they're not, but I don't know that I can actually prove they are. I mean, the birth certificate is issued a month and a half after I'm born. Um, it's certainly, um, there are no medical witnesses to my birth. It's one thing to... Bitch, when the doctor there, how were you born? Um, here's the thing, right? um 
the proof is right there in the interview when she called them by their first names that clearly is a white person and you know what <laughs> you know no nobody of color would turn and be like larry and ruth ann can you imagine wow. get the fuck and, out of here and and my and my thing is this this has got to be not trying to be funny hurtful and insulting to her parents for your child to deny you yeah well they're in a lawsuit that's really contentious it involves like allegations of sexual abuse they're saying she has some type of some weird syndrome i've never heard of before but where whatever it is they might rename it after her seriously like Lou Gehrig's disease right. is now like it's not Lou Gehrig's disease but they call it that yeah yeah for real because like when i heard about the i was like i mean i guess i don't i've never oh, heard of this shit before uh, but I, it, it was like it causes you to act out and disrupt your family oh they're gonna be like you got the rachel the yeah oh you got that dollars out dog um she also admitted that um she has a weave which every no every black person in america went of hair? course is it a perm is it a weave everybody's asking this right here this right here today <laughs> i'll be like that okay <laughs> You just gonna out me like that? Why they put this sad music in here? Cause she's sad. <laughs> Why is it so long? But uh, yeah, it, so this, it is. A this weave. is a weave, and I, you know, I do it myself. And yeah, cause you do hair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know why all the sad music, but any of the things she's done are they make it seem like admitting you have a weave is the saddest possible thing a woman can do <laughs> apparently so by the way another reason i can tell she's not black the correct answer was it's mine i paid for it i know it's so so i got the receipt i own it i'm not sure how closely she studied our people mm-hmm. but i thought i saw on cnn they had the president of the nc and N- double the ncaa yeah the, uh, <laughs> N- NAACP on and I thought his he gave such a such a a good answer that resonated with me because he was talking about how both historically and just the nature of the NAACP and, and just black people in this country it's oh and because of the way the law was it's always been accepting the I mean they said the one drop rule but it, right. it really is like come on in we we'll welcome you mm-hmm. and I've I've always felt that when I've always felt like I've had to sort of present myself Mm. I always felt like I had to prove or, or was doubted by white people 95% of the time and 1% of the time by black people. There was always like right. this – sometimes you know, light-skinned or mixed race or black people could, could kind of tell, you right. know, the sixth sense. If I didn't look particularly dark or my hair wasn't really out at all, they'd be like, are you mixed? Yeah, black people – And there people... was always a, a – there was always like a, yeah, come on, like, you know – the more the merrier, mm-hmm. which this guy, the NAAC president, I forget his, I forget his name, mm-hmm. but he was saying, uh, I forgot who it was after uh, Julian, Julian Bond was the last name I remember, and that was mm-hmm. me- several years ago. Um, but it was this, he said, but it doesn't go the other way. Yeah. And that's what's kind of, yeah. Th- that's what's sort of the insulting part of this is that this was not just a choice that black people said, hey, we're going to be more welcoming than white people. Part of it is that, and part of it was, you know, legally forced upon, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, 1896, mm-hmm. is the man was one-eighth black. Right. Like, I guarantee you he had to, to make the case go to court. He probably had to state, I am one-eighth black. And passing in black society, like passing as white, 
was a matter of survival right and, and navigating white supremacy it wasn't a hey i'm just gonna do this because i'm transracial and i feel like it, mm-hmm. it was right it was like it's this or not have a job and it's also punishable by death like you right. get caught and motherfuckers like uh let's hang this motherfucker uh he's been mixing in with us and we don't appreciate that shit so like people that are trying to make the comparisons just lack historical context of what happened at the time um right so you know so it's just so so insulting and then also black people sometimes to our detriment i will admit we are so fucking inclusive Mm -hmm. sometimes where it's like where where people are making arguments for like creation or chet hayes or someone who really has no respect for black culture Mm -hmm. but wants to be like i want to say nigga when i rap i've seen black people that will defend that shit because just because they're like hey it's a white person that likes us so we should yeah we should be making a some sort of inclusion for them too and it's and it's really frustrating so so if someone's doing any level of work quote unquote because we no one's ever named anything she's done yet but (laughs) um if someone's doing any level of work in our communities we would support them even if they were white so it's like it's such a it's it's so like so insulting to think she would even have to try to do that um not to mention um if you're doing work in the black community it has been since friday right you're a person in very deep distress where are your niggas where are your niggas at dog like someone would have stepped up and took the bullet by now like come on man that's rachel like she helped put my house up for habitat for humanity some it's always someone willing to go on tv george zimmerman had a nigga george zimmerman (laughs) had a black dude that went on tv and did interviews like come on man he not racist to me (laughs) where's her people man all she got is her kids man like i need they the, say she married she's not married is she? no she was married and that dude won't do any interviews and he's the one that did that rap remember oh okay yeah. right because he's smart he was like nope you won't be having him interview me anyway she was offered uh fifty thousand dollars to do porn yeah we, we we said that uh i like that the company released a statement wait would it would porn would racist porn fans be angry when it was like i thought this was interracial they, yeah they offered her to do ebony porn i'm like hold up <laughs> I don't feel like that's not also ebony the only time you hear that is when people refer to the magazine or in porn i've never heard ebony in any yeah, other context. capacity not unless, it was, called ebony. unless it was somebody's name or something like you just do not hear like a casual conversation where you're like yeah man i was fucking this uh ebony chick and uh, she, ah, uh like they were like oh that's a name yeah oh have you seen uh have you seen um zoe Saldana? you know the ebony actress no one says that only porn people anyway we hear it dog fart oh what a name i've never heard of that and we watch a lot of porn i have heard of that okay well i ain't that deep yet (laughs) they do a lot of uh, interracial shit anyway phil that is extremely unfair how rachel dolezal has been treated she is a transracial woman that has worked extremely hard to achieve her level of success she identifies as black just like bruce jenner identifies as caitlin jenner i always gotta throw that transphobia up in there however jenner's transition has been accepted with open arms some even call her a hero for the trans movement now that dolezal is out of work we would like to offer her a fifty thousand dollar contract to perform in four separate scenes for that's not very sporting at all sir a lot of work for four of our different sites 
we <laughs> they gonna have her doing like the black one and the white one <laughs> that's fucked up she will be given creative control and get to choose which talent she works with we hope she seriously considers this offer so there of you guys course go she's not. yeah um but uh that's probably the thing i want to see least like <laughs> the her fucking um all right man she should fuck caitlin jenner in a video there you go there you go that would that would burn the internet down what (laughs) they wouldn't know how to respond to that by the way you know all the people that it's it's so funny how the polarity reversed on that all the people that are bringing up caitlin jenner in response to this Mm -hmm. are all the people that were against caitlin jenner uh, right. uh getting that award ain't that truth now <laughs> it's like ah uh, you're not fooling me man I, I can remember a week ago um hey. <laughs> all right let's get into our segments okay guys uh it's time to talk about let's do some baller alert with jl uh, mm-hmm. and i feel like that was fucking with black people so we don't need oh to do yeah that. everybody got a hundred <laughs> but jl's never i don't think jl's ever got to do baller alert with us so let's get into it Need her, will not keep her unless she is fly. Keep your man a thug, B. Your man is a scrub. Since she loves me now, she loves you not now. All my bitches love me. Girl, a Gucci girl and beat me. We can find a five star hotel, you can meet me. Five star bitch, it's a five star bitch, it's a five star bitch, it's a five star bitch. It's a crypto pop, female stay fly. It's a juice box wet, and your head something fire. You a five star. All right. Wow, that made me feel like the white DJ in Hustle and Flow. <laughs> You're just DJ and, and Taraji P. Henson over there is just feeling the chorus. I have seen your uh I've seen your uh Haitian dad on on Facebook, so I figured you would at least understand the rhythms that were happening. <laughs> um here are the uh here are your choices, JL. We'll read we'll read one of these stories, you pick which one. Groupie tales. Groupie tales are when women sleep with rich or famous people and then they tell all their business on the internet okay mm-hmm. groupie tell i had sex with rich dollars and it was good while it lasted what is he rich dollars yes you may know him from love and hip-hop number two baller mail a girl claims she slept with future a week ago hey future is also a r- rapper baller mail titans rookie Dion long was like the stove your mother told you not to touch with some not safe for works picks, which probably means his dick. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> five actions a woman needs to see to trust you to lead her from a man's POV. Blog by at Mitchell Chance. And lastly, groupie tells uh, uh, Nicki Minaj uh, tell another one. Mm, I was gonna say the sports one until you were like, it's gonna be about dick pics well nah i'm not gonna post those i don't look at the pics (laughs) 
yeah. then fine. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, nah, what's the Nicki Minaj one? Or I have to just right. pick without knowing anything. You have to pick without knowing anything. Uh, I'll go with Nicki Minaj. All right. Let's talk about my girl, Nicki Minaj. Uh, that trans fat ass. <laughs> oh, great. This one, the old school ones with no fucking spaces. God damn it. Here we go. Okay. So here's my story. I'm in Atlanta about two years ago. By the way, this is from 2010. I'm in Atlanta about two years ago visiting my homegirl. She takes me out to a club where Gucci Mane is performing. We get to the club and my girl, who, who is like Atlanta's number one party girl, <clears throat> Rita Whore, knows, <laughs> knows the club owner. So lucky for us, we get to be in the VIP section. We were having drinks and just fucking off for about an hour and a half till finally Gucci Mane comes out and starts to perform. In the middle of his performance, this sexy red bone chick with the best hips and ass comes out and starts rapping. By the way, she spelled sexy S-E-X-X-I. Oh. I asked my girl who was that. She says, are you serious? That's Nicki Minaj. I had never heard of her. I'm not a fan of rap. But I like that. Why'd you go to the club to see Gucci Man if you're not a fan of rap? That doesn't even make sense. Gucci Man, uh, anyway. But I like what I saw. Now, I have never really been into females aside from the usual she's pretty or whatever. And maybe a couple of Angelina Jolie fantasies. It's the lips. But this bitch was rapping about having threesomes and sex. Wait, and, and suck. I don't know what S. Oh, having threesomes and shit and making my pussy tingle. Ah, not tingle. <laughs> Nikki finished up her set and left the stage. After a while, I saw her at the bar with an entourage surrounding her. I asked my homegirl what was the deal. She told me that Nikki always signs the girl's titties after every show and asked if I want to get mine signed. In my head, I was like, hell fucking yeah. But I said to my girl, nah, you the one who like pussy, so go get yours done. She begged me to go too. And since I wanted to get close to this girl, I agreed. When I was, when it was almost our turn, we began to pull our tits out. My girl got her sign first, then me. As I was standing there letting her touch my tits, I was becoming turned on by her. She smelled so damn good. I don't know what got into me, but I asked her for a hug. When she hugged me, I made sure to rub my already hard nipples against her. Ah! She asked, would I like a picture? I said, yes. She put her arm around me. I could have sworn I felt her intentionally caress my nipples. She said, thanks for being a fan. I told her, well, honestly, I had never heard of you until now, but I really enjoyed you. She just grinned and said, thanks. That seems like not the way into her pants, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Later, when we were getting ready to leave, a guy walks up to me and says, Nikki wants to talk to you. I looked at my girl and she was like, bitch, what the hell she want with you? I told her, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. She said, not without me. I told the dude my girl needed to come with me. He just shook his head, yes, and did the come on motion with his hand. He took us to the back of the club to a room where Nikki and some other people were at talking and drinking and smoking weed. When she saw us in there, she smiled, continued talking, and put her finger up, mouth, and give me a minute. Some guy had grabbed my homegirl's hand, put off to the side, and started macking on her. I thought she was lesbian. Oh, all right. Anyway, inconsequential detail after about two ah. two or three minutes nikki comes over to me and she asks my name and says thanks for coming to holler at me so you say you never heard of me i said no but i'm glad i saw you tonight because you because that show you did was hot she told me that she saw 
she told me that she saw that i was aroused and that she knew i had rubbed my chest up against her i was blushing she said smiling don't be shy now i i actually liked it that really made me feel 10 times better i relaxed she offered me something to drink and we just talked for a while my girl was with dude enjoying herself and so was i after some time nikki asked me did i have to go home i told her no she asked what i mind coming to her suite to finish our conversation because she was really enjoying it i told her cool let me see what my girl wanted to do she told me that old boy my girl was with was a member of her crew he was cool and asked and also staying at the same hotel so we could come we could both come after chatting with my girl for a second we agreed to leave with them man women explain things so complicated <laughs> a dude would have been like so then we left i know because sometimes roger was standing and be like too much damn detail when we <laughs> when we got to the hotel my girl went to the room with her new friend i told her text me if anything got out of hand nikki said yeah and we will come beat his ass we laughed and went into her suite she poured some wine and started taking off her clothes i was like damn she didn't have any shame her fucking body was hot she was just standing there butt ass naked uh talking about something i didn't hear any of that shit because i was so amazed at how she was turning me on by doing nothing she comes and sits next to me and says this isn't a problem for you is it love to get naked and relax i told her it was fine she so we're drinking wine and just talking she is so cool i felt like i knew her forever she asked me had i ever been with a female sexually before i told her only in my mind before before i could get the last word out my mouth she leans over and starts kissing me long and hard i'm tingling like crazy she starts taking off my dress and begins to kiss that's what she wrote begins and begins to kiss me uh on my tits then she flicks my nipples with her tongue looking up at me and says my name's already there these belong to me she uh continues to lick and suck my nipples she slides my panties to the side while she's sucking my nipples and starts to rub my clit i was so wet i began to moan in pleasure she then put her middle finger in me while still rubbing my clit with her thumb and starts fingering me it felt so damn good i promise no guy has ever finger fucked me that good (laughs) while she is doing all this she kept saying stuff like yeah that felt good that feel good don't it mommy and go ahead baby come for onika is that her real name i'm assuming so don't know i can find out okay i came about five times then she takes my panties off all the way times that's pretty good yeah that's before (laughs) she even got the panties off Uh, no kind i see why yeah no competition ladies i can't do that uh in a week was that a week (laughs) yeah what you talking about in in the year of 2015 (laughs) uh came about five times and then he took my took my panties off all the way off to lay me back wait tells me to lay back and open my legs real wide then she licks her fingers like oh yes she about to eat my pussy to my surprise she climbs on top of me and starts rubbing her pussy against mine her clit was the size of a peanut it felt good rubbing against mine now i ain't gonna lie during this time i thought to myself what if she got something but then i stupidly threw it off saying she's a star i'm sure she's clean after she <laughs> after she had an orgasm from rubbing her pussy on mine she asked me can i taste that sweet pussy mom i told her yeah but i wanted to taste hers too we got into a 69 position and go at it this was my first time eating pussy but i watched enough porn and i'm sure i was doing it right because she was moaning and coming really hard after as was i 
after about 10 minutes of that she gets up flips me over starts licking my ass i mean sticking her tongue in my asshole it felt (laughs) it felt excellent i even came again then she asked me can she fuck me with a strap on i didn't say nothing then she said (laughs) i didn't say nothing what's the consent don't worry (laughs) don't worry it's brand new in the box she goes over to a suitcase and pulls out this box she busts it open and pulls out a big black dick puts it on and tells me to get on my knees she puts some lube on it and slowly slides it in my pussy at first it felt odd but not for long she was grinding that thing up in me just like a dude she fucked the shit out of me i'm talking pulling my hair slapping my ass and talking uh or got talking dirty she had called out her government and everything she had me calling out her government and everything now how do you know her government name when you had not heard of her right (laughs) earlier that day yes after we were through she was having orgasms too she laid down beside me and started rubbing her fingers through my hair and caressing my body so did she like fuck the knowledge of her government name into you because that's like an accomplishment uh we laid hit there for hours talking about everything under the sun until we fell asleep see that's why i don't want to have a threesome with two women yeah i ain't talking to you for hours after six hours come on man somebody gotta take a nap after we had something to eat she said she had to get ready to leave town she looked me right, right in my eyes and said have you ever met somebody and you feel like they could be your soulmate after being with them for one night i shook my head yes she just kissed me on the lips and didn't say anything else she picked up the phone called to old boy's room and told oh yeah her friend i told him i almost forgot about her <laughs> all right it, she could have been getting showgirled in the other room nobody knows ah! i told i told him they needed to take us to our car so they could get to the airport after she hung up we exchanged numbers she told me to call her if i ever needed anything and that she promised to see me again well that was almost two years ago and she gets up with me every time she can i <laughs> you would not be telling this story if that was true i think that's the truth <laughs> if any of it's true really but anyway i'm really glad i met her when she made my life a hundred times better we are also very close but of course due to her fame we must be discreet for anybody who frowns upon lesbian bisexual relationships i'm here to say don't knock it till you try it now there are comments let's see what the mm-hmm. ladies the ladies at ballalert.com had to say <laughs> you know they had to say something about this just me said chicks have game too lol tricky put it down <laughs> tricky D- denise says funny i was actually turned on by this lol however i don't believe this one it was sexy as hell but i don't believe it shelly says well damn she put her pussy on her sideburns lol <laughs> i don't even know what that means not the sideburns Alyssa evans says wow how crazy is that just me oh Alyssa also says seriously i have friends who are bi and gay and curious i guess you can say but i've never had the urge to even attempt or try i have been approached by plenty females but not my cup of tea so do what make what makes you happy although what that makes me think about a gay friend of mine he's constantly saying if he weren't gay he'd totally do me and grab my chest about four times a week lol that's that's a racket gay dudes have been racking up on that for years mm-hmm. let me see yep. them titties ha 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 isn't this hilarious sexual harassment right I maintain that there is a 15 percent heterosexual <laughs> reservoir right. that that gay men grab it and it's like an appetizer for their main meal of man at the end of the evening but that's like their 
they're just like, oh yeah, okay, now that I've satisfied my heterosexual like segment, now it's time for me to plow some ass. Yeah, if gender is fluid, man, ah. you're right. If gender is fluid, as people say, there has to be some gay dudes completely getting off on that. Mm-hmm. It's like at least half chub off of that, you know? Uh, A. Billy says, I don't believe this one either, but okay, lol at wolf pussy. Desiree says, why in every story a guy or security guard tells a the person slash groupie that so-and-so wants to talk to them i swear this shit is in every story does anyone else notice this hmm. yeah I, I i would just yeah do celebrities not talk to the people directly apparently not uh live life 25 says because this isn't how it usually goes down the artist sends their bgs over to give girls the nod uh mm-hmm. i guess bodyguards i see this all the time mm-hmm. uh miss jones quotes her now i ain't gonna lie during this time i thought to myself what if she got something but then i stupidly threw it off saying she's a star i'm sure she's clean and she goes really i guess some groupies say the same thing when they mess with these nasty football players with the dirty dick ah alluring i says i was thinking the same thing but i think this story is true man she got everybody agreeing it's true that's not normal no they yeah but this was a few years ago you know now now mm. they're jaded you know right cream says okay i'm convinced i need to try this at least one time i'm a curious person and i don't want to miss out but did anyone else catch that nikki's clip was the size of a peanut not cute oh uh miss bling says is there any is there another one around here hmm i don't know funny she did come in the game on some lesbian ish she thought we forego i think she meant forgot 11a says only problem with this story is nikki didn't have hips and ass in 2008 yet let me rephrase not like she's packing now uh you right about that no curves or ass i saw those smack dvds so apparently she didn't get the ass surgery till after this story would have happened oh okay ball alert detectives on this shit All right ball alert csi mm-hmm someone says say it ain't so that goes my fantasies another person said everyone in new york city knows this so apparently this is all bullshit guys sorry to tell you that but uh <laughs> oh well it's you a fast bitch you a fast bitch you a fast bitch i a fast bitch i need a fast all right running out of time i gotta get to the guest of race no song just gonna get right into it all right guys uh jail you ready to play some guest of race man yes all right chat room plays long and they are racist all right Very. a man is charged with having sex with a dog Mm-mm-mm. uh geneva man faces charges of animal cruelty at the police charging with having sex with his wife's dog mm. cheating motherfucker <laughs> geneva police captain rick morgan uh she must be a bitch drove him to the bitch <laughs> right. confirmed geneva police uh officers arrest jonathan edward medley 39 of geneva and charged him with misdemeanor animal cruelty morgan said medley's wife first responded to the offense to the uh reported the offense i'm sorry to the police department on thursday mm-hmm. uh he was mad at his wife because she paid more attention to the dog than him oh so he had sex with the dog <laughs> she actually thought he was having an affair with another woman with another woman and hit a recording device she learned that he was in fact oh. molesting the dog mm-hmm and that's why i say don't look for anything you don't want to know all right you'll find it if you wouldn't have thought it if you would have... <laughs> i don't like men's no more i like dogs <laughs> right. dogs 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 i like canines <laughs> 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 uh 
can i can i can i can i yes uh morgan said the victim of the crime was a male shih tzu belonging to his wife oh not even a female so it was gay dog sex oh the worst kind the the worst kind of gay of dog sex the gay kind uh <laughs> where's peter he said he said that's a small dog so he was really he was mm-hmm. really killing it he said the, ah! the dog suffered injuries from of the offense take it to a local veterinarian for treatment morgan said the injury suffered by the dog might need lead to euthanization oh. Oh. they gotta kill the dog thank god it wasn't a golden retriever right um the, yeah that's right thank you yeah because then i'd really have to do something about this you'd be outraged ah! track that dude down the shih tzu typically weighs between nine and 16 pounds oh so this was a tiny dog the website refers to the breed as alert lively and a little dog uh he's he was booked on a 535 dollar cash bail someone mike vick is like where's the justice in this shit right uh, <laughs> uh he's only charged with a misdemeanor because there's no longer a bestiality law in alabama oh so they took it off the books guess the race jl um i'm gonna go way out on a limb and say white and it's also good that finally they've taken that bestiality law off the books because <laughs> you know that's his truth that's <laughs> how he identifies like his his love shouldn't be discriminated against yeah, so uh, i think that's i think uh that's pretty pretty progressive but yeah he's absolutely white yeah i'm sick of all these innocent african-american men and the unjust punishment of the bestiality laws and enforcement <laughs> sick of uh we need to get him out of prison uh whiter than the republican national convention white man who likes it nice and rough he oh, raped he raped the that's dog a good one rough <laughs> yeah he raped the dog to death is not a race kiss <laughs> kiss the dog on the lips and ass well that's definitely white why did and that's so disgusting why <laughs> why than the drive-thru at chick-fil-a at lunch rush uh man you ain't been to chick-fil-a down here this is a nice mix <laughs> man fuck that damn dog black yeah it's like that one that one line in uh coming to america damn shame we did that dog, dog tiny peeny white he banged the shih tzu out of that dog white oh pound puppy bike gang member white and white like rachel dolezal's parents well guess what guys you guys are all incorrect It's been a while since that racism came back to haunt everybody. Yeah, well, one person got it right, but uh, one one person said black. I didn't see anybody say black. Yeah, they did. They okay. Man, fucking that damn dog. Black. Wow. All right, they got some claps. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Let me ask you a question. See what I think a key a key piece of information there might have been. What was the race of his wife? They didn't show it. Because if she was white, it might have been him saying, "I know, I know how to get even with you." Mm-hmm. That's ah. a good point. But I wish I would have known. I didn't know how. Because if it was a revenge thing, I might have guessed black. But I just assumed it was a creepy white dude because that just feels more like a creepy white dude thing to do for enjoyment. It, it does. Well, let's go to the bonus round. Now everything's worth double the points. A Florida woman, oh Florida, has been charged with engaging in sexual activity with her pit bull. According to cops who found photos of the canine encounter stored on the suspect's cell phone. 
oh in the course of an investigation into the transmission of harmful material to a minor police earlier this month searched the phone of ashley miller 18 years old uh in a folder titled two-face fun investigators found 17 photos of the canine performing oral sex on an unknown female in a subsequent (laughs) in a subsequent interview with cops miller acknowledged that she was the woman in the photos and that she was being licked by her dog two-face man they put that one together huh (laughs) had the good detectives on that case miller said that the female dog oh more gay dog sex wow what is this world coming to man which she has owned since 2006 has licked her vagina approximately 30 to 40 times police police reported miller further explained that she would call two-face into her room take her pants off open her legs and two-face would lick her vagina she added that a prior dog named scarface also licked her vagina on a similar number of occasions two-face and scarface first you get the owner then you get the pussy (laughs) then you get the power (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i wonder if scarface left because she can't have no kids man seen it in the above mugshot miller was arrested friday and charged with two misdemeanor counts of sexual activities involving animals she was freed from jail saturday after posting a thousand dollars bond and scheduled for arraignment in july so wait that's still a law in florida but not alabama yeah, matter of fact didn't florida just get the bestiality law like two years ago yes they did anyway guess the race uh jl of um what the fuck was her name ashley miller yeah <laughs> there's the give that's that's white and uh although the sad thing is that i've never obviously done this but uh many men joke about putting peanut butter on their uh their man their man parts and having their dog lick it off i've heard that and- joke before too so this feels more like you know once again lean in yes all women yeah. this is yet more equality and sort of you know evening evening uh the score so good for her good for her i love uh i, I love equality in all areas even criminals <laughs> uh princess six says this is when you watch tv and be like i hope he ain't black please don't let him be black all day anyway. two-face got that fire where's the racist guys you guys are just talking she gave that dog her kibbles and bits white oh wanted that authentic doggy style white that bitch white <laughs> she asked the dogs what that mouth do black oh but you but your shit but your shit near a pit bull white oh put your shit near a pit bull okay monostat white Ugh. i didn't <laughs> i didn't know i couldn't do that white the correct answer is and everyone got it except one person white yeah couple of you guys still got it wrong and let's go to the final thing sword ratchetness so we can close up the show uh there we go sound effects that guy's dead now because of sore ratchetness 
uh let's see let's do hmm, let's do uh this story um a oh no let's do this one a teenager hacked a boy to death with a samurai sword to win back the respect after his mom was roughed up oh a teenager hacked another boy to death with a samurai sword to win back respect after his mom was roughed up during a gangland feud owen whitesmith 19 recruited a mob of up to eight hooded young men to target 18 year old john joe Hyten. a court heard the killing took place after the youngster was blamed for an attack on the home of whitesmith's mother uh allison 44 in which a family friend was headbutted john joe was confronted in the street by the gang and was then repeatedly stabbed and slashed with the sword a machete and an axe well goddamn caught that john snow Woo. i think they were like for the watch <laughs> oh yes police and paramedics rushed to the scene at john joe's home in preston but he was pronounced dead at the scene and uh, i guess melisandre wasn't there to raise him convicted killer owen whitesmith killed another teenage gang okay all right uh preston crown court was told the victim was bl- bodied in the revenge attack to send a message to that Whitesmouth was not a coward it was claimed that if he had stayed awake under the bed sheets following the attack of his family homes no one would have any respect for him after the gang later said uh, of the attack of wait uh, one of the gang later said of the attack of john joe we wanted to warn him that's all who warned someone like that let me warn you with an axe and a sword and a machete uh don't do the don't go to his mom's gaff again oh also a good comedian today a mass brawl broke out on the docks at whitesmith uh was as whitesmith was one of six men convicted of the murder the killing uh he was jailed for life with a minimum of 27 years good the killing arose out of a long-standing feud why, why are they just telling me the same information twice anyway don't don't kill people with swords people all right that's the main mm-hmm. thing you need to take away from this go check out jail's uh youtube page for funny reviews of Please movies do. um uh, even though he's been off lately he's kind of missed on a few but uh you know we're looking forward to getting the rest of the year correct mm-hmm. spy i was on point uh, you're with on point spy. with spy you're on point with spy you're a little off with san andreas mm. uh way off with jurassic park i mean that money that movie made more money than god yeah uh, everybody loved that um so you know we'll, we'll get you you know it's been a long year man ever since uh you were wrong about transformers it's been downhill so all i've got this year the only two movies i would really recommend personally this year that i've seen in theaters is kingsman which is now on dvd yes i, I loved kingsman me too i thought that was outstanding and spy really got me really got me yes. laughing a lot me t- yeah man spy i was, was i was very hopeful about that movie i'm glad i was right uh i don't know man something about her just makes me she's so funny to me um but she was great in that like cause she yeah. was more than just her kind of chris farley i'm big and being a get like there was more to it like right. yeah a lot of more facial expressions kind of she was awkward she wasn't just like aggressive big woman mm-hmm. there was like and 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 the supporting people were great in that too mm-hmm. yeah i thought that rose Byrne chick was hilarious you know yes. who really stole the show jason statham but, he was good i didn't know he could do really comedy i've never really seen him try to be funny and uh i actually well, basically just told him we'll do the comedy you just be super serious action guy still yeah yeah <laughs> you you play it straight but some of the lines were so <laughs> yeah. ridiculous that you were like yeah he, he delivered that ridiculous shit in his same serious tone it was, yes uh anyway like um, in all the paul feig movies who played like the italian he was great guy, he was great 
Yeah. Yes. He'll, he'll get his moment, I think, because he works in a lot of those movies. I think they'll one day they'll give him a shot. Yeah, and uh yeah, I enjoy Spot. What about X Ex- Machina or X Machina? You didn't uh X Machina I thought was very well done. But like I thought it was well done. So I can't like complain about it like this sucked. Mm. It just wasn't what I hoped for, but it's like a well done movie. And I think that guy Oscar Isaac, he's he's gonna blow up very soon. Like he, he just keeps putting in good performances, like in solid movies. Okay. Uh, but but the movie itself, I was just like, this was good. Mm. Like I was like, yeah, that's a good movie. No no flaws. I just wasn't like excited about it the way I kind of thought I would be. Okay, all right. Well, like I said, man, you should go check his reviews anyway because it's, it's always funny, even if it's, and all uh, the sketches, even if you don't like the reviews. Yeah, I, I was getting I was getting to that. Come on, man. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm a professional, man. <laughs> I was leading with the reviews, but um, yeah, and also go check out Twelve Years a Slave uh i mean 12 years of bringer which is modeled after 12 years of slave uh but about comedy and bringer shows um go see it for yourself because even the audio and the director's breakdown which i love is, do it doesn't do it justice you have to see it right. to really appreciate how funny it's it is very very good and how job. well it's done mm-hmm. um and uh oh yeah I, got, I forgot to say this but also uh sponsored by bevel get clearer smoother skin with bevel you know you want it it's almost father's day like really you're a bad child at this point yep you should have thought of this already but we're giving you one last chance go to getbevel.com and get your daddy something he can appreciate Mm -hmm. he's tired of socks he's tired of underwear right he's tired of fucking uh ties ties, you know like that 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 shitty cologne you always get them t-shirts you you wonder why the bottle from last year is still full mugs he doesn't like any of this shit Mm-mm. your wacky ties and mugs and number one that he doesn't want any of that what he does use all the time is a razor to shave his face and his face is looking irritated guys all right you wonder why he's so mean and, and cranky all the time because his face probably hurts why ah! he beats you yeah the ingrown t- hairs <laughs> on his face yeah but if you can get bevel which is a shaving system designed for men with coarse curly hair black people not for people that not for people that wish or think they have coarse curly hair and have to weave it in i'm talking about authentic black people um you can uh you can use this razor man comes you get a whole kit starter kit comes a safety razor shaving brush blades priming oil shaving cream and a cool restoring balm make sure you guys take the time out to do something for your father and appreciate him oh my father will be here sunday by the way for the father's day show mm-hmm. that we're looking forward to that uh, and check out JL's podcast righteous prick oh wait i almost forgot 20 percent off if you put code tbgwt at getbevel.com g-e-t-b-e-v-e-l.com 20 uh so yeah righteous prick podcast mm-hmm. jlcomedy.com jl coven on uh twitter um yeah support my man man yeah, support him do you have any upcoming shows or anything that you're doing ha <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing really to promote right now i'm doing a lot of legal work um to make money and then i guess planning my strategy to try and re-break into this business for the ninth time <laughs> you got any upcoming legal work you want to pro- promote or i'll be sitting it's at home i'll be reviewing <laughs> emails for a big uh a big case that i'm working on um for about 10 hours tomorrow while i listen to podcasts and what and clear my dvr so um expect more twitter and facebook activity from me as i just sit with my fan on just just 
making the world a better place for fairly wealthy uh, companies. All right. Hey, man, uh, don't forget, man, you, you should check out Sense8. I wasn't joking about that. It's really good. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back uh, Saturday with our feedback show. Yes. Um, TheBlackoutTips.com, all that stuff. Until Saturday, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>